the intro is going to be hello. Welcome to Morbid Stumpo with me, the host. It's Stumpo. Uh, my guest today is going to be. <laughs> you have to speak up a little bit more to the to the microphone. Thank you for uh, Greg is my guest today. Thank you, uh, Greg, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be an intro of an ASMR intro, and uh, just want to welcome you and say uh, thank you for joining us. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate uh, you asking me. To come I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Greg, when uh, when you first found out that you were transitioning to a woman, <laughs> what was that like for you in that stage? And what did your wife say? <laughs> um, you know, it was shocking to all of us, really. It's, it's one of those things that you just gotta roll with the punches and grab life by the dick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to an episode. We might be doing. We might be. We might keep that in. Let's be honest. <laughs> you gotta grab, grab life by the dick. By the dick. <laughs> so we'll, we might keep that one in. Uh, welcome, Greg. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me, even though. I kind of basically forced you to come do this by asking you a thousand times, and I'm glad that you hey, chose I to come here. No. On your, I could still say, I could still no. say no. There's time. You've given consent. <laughs> you have. Now, what YouTube will do if you actually, if you give consent on camera, like I give consent, and then what if you actually come back? I give consent. Oh, hold on a second. No. I give consent. Yes, perfect. Uh, you could do Just that. Put that on a loop. <laughs> I give consent. I give consent. Uh, if I, yeah. So like, you could do that now, and then if you decide later on that you didn't want to be on the episode, you can complain to YouTube, and they'll actually take it down. I never, I never said I could give consent. You did. Mm-mm. You just did. Show me proof. <laughs> At the end of this episode, I'll go back to it. <laughs> so yeah, but they'll do that. So I've watched other videos where people are like, we've have video, like, we have confirmation that they've given consent. And they've written just don't want it down. all the contracts out. And they, if they complain, they say it's easier. YouTube's response back was it's easier just to take it down versus us doing Fight the investigation yeah. and push through it. So <clears throat> that's the only thing that kind of sucks about YouTube. But everything else is pretty decent. As long as you get consent on it and they say, hey, I don't want that out there after they've given consent. It's actually up to me if I want to post it or not. So well, anyways, well, man. What do you? This is Greg Gerard, by the way. <laughs> Howdy. Th- today's going to be just one of those other episodes where we're just kind of just shooting the shit, just chit chatting, talking about just any random thing at all. So if you're just kind of wanting to sit in and listen into our conversation, way to look like you are completely intrigued. And this is just my face, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's just my face. Not, not too high, not too low. That's yeah, right, stay right there. That's right, brother. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to have you on, bud. Yeah, uh, appreciate so, it. So the way I know Greg is actually we work on the same shift, same crew. He's one of the guys that makes the crew um, a lot better. Paramedic. Hang on. Say that again. Oh, makes the crew a lot worser. And uh, he's a paramedic. Not a driver yet, which is kind of pointless. <laughs> Who drives? Anyways. Me. Um, and uh, soon to be the only backstepper that we got for about 15 months because the other one is... Signing off to the United States National Guard. United States National Guard. <laughs> what's the other what's the other name we got for it? I like I like the uh, Maroon Beret Special Forces. <laughs> Maroon Beret Special Forces. <laughs> we also call it the Indian National Indiana Indiana Marine Corps. Who's yours? <laughs> Who's yours? <laughs> so we got that going on for us. Um but yeah, so we work together at uh, our department 
And that's how I met Greg. That's how we've had a kinship. And I never silenced my phone. How disrespectful of me. Good All right, so let's go ahead and talk about your what got you started in the fire service, man. Uh, truthfully, my seeing in like conversations or um, and seeing how like my, my father-in-law um, kind of lived that life of being a fireman. Uh, it was very intriguing that I mean, he seemed to be home all the time. I didn't know much about it. Um, we had a small little volunteer. Truthfully, I swear to you. I didn't know you could be paid as a fireman until I moved here. Really? Yes. My, How old were you when you figured that out? It's, uh, 18, 19. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, a small little town. That was nothing that I was really interested in as a kid growing up. I mean, obviously, every kid wants to be a fireman, right? But um, it wasn't a path that I was going down. Um, so it wasn't something I looked into and even just paid attention to. Um, seeing that you could actually make a career out of something like that. Nothing but volunteer departments where I'm at. Very, very, very small towns. Which uh, town are you from? Union Mills, Indiana. Union Mills? Yes. Uh, population of just around 2,000 people. Uh, so pretty pretty small. Very rural. Very uh, farm town kind of thing. we got like a little bitty downtown that's got more bars than people kind of thing. Uh, and then a volunteer fire station. <laughs> God bless America. You get pagers and everything. Uh, yeah, they do, and it cracks me up because, like, they are the hard chargers, like on the hit it hard from the yard Facebook page, hundred yeah. percent. They're in there trashed in these bars with the pager on their hip. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Go fight a fire, hammered? Are you gonna go drive to a scene with your blue lights, Dude, hammered? I've seen it happen. I know. I was so I was down in uh, where where is it where we do those courses? Down in Jasper. I was down in Jasper, and somewhere around there was a volunteer department. And I was standing by their fire station just to look at it. <clears throat> Ireland. <clears throat> Ireland, Indiana. I was standing there looking at it, and all of a sudden I hear the tones drop in the firehouse. And we look over, they're like, oh, they're catching a ride. And then, as a joke, one of the guys the goes... The world came in with their <laughs> blue lights flaring. <laughs> <laughs> as a joke, one of the guys said... Hey, look at the bar. See how many run out of the bar. Sure as shit. You see a guy running with his beer like this, and he's still sipping it. And I'm like, what's he going to do? Perfect. Sets his beer down like over to the side. Garage, uh, garage code opens the door up, gets in the engine. and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't drive that. Like. I guess that's a common thing there. Yeah, people like that make us look Dude, great. It's, I was it blew my mind. And then he just takes it. He waited a couple minutes for another guy to hop out or hop on, and another guy hopped on. They switched seats, and then another. And then they left, and then like not even a minute later, truck with his blue lights comes to the fire, like pulls up to the front of the firehouse, then drove right off. And it was just at least someone's stepping up and helping. Yeah, but they're drunk. But. Don't and he might he was running so he wasn't drunk drunk like he looked like he as he was running you could tell like okay this guy's got some wits to him but he's had a drink it's yeah. like dude you can't at least that. one he had at in his hand one. he had at least one it may be his first one it could have been very well it could have been his first one the way he was running and his hand eye coordination was there I mean it was there but thankfully the other guy was just like man why don't you move over bud but <laughs> let's go ahead and I could I think you spilled some on you yeah but. uh so, yeah, just uh, truthfully, it was kind of the influence from my father-in-law. Uh, 
he was uh, is retired now. Uh, spent I think thirty four, thirty five years at Pike Township. Um, I was speak up. Yeah. Sorry, you'd have to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> Be a man when you talk. <laughs> so he, uh, I was actually in like police classes. I was taking like Criminal my pre basic and no, not not like a degree in like uh, like the pre basic stuff. So that way you can get basically it's like the pre course to be able to take like your firefighter one and two. Gotcha. So, um, I was taking all these classes and, and hope to become a police officer. And man, I really dodged a bullet there. Um, <clears throat> literally. Yeah, possibly, possibly quite literally. 100%. And he was like, you should really look into being a fireman. And he's like, these are all the great benefits that I have. You see how we are as a family. I'm, I take one day off. We get to go take a week long vacation. You know, you, you see how this is. He's like, you should really look into this. So, I did, and uh, immediately signed up for an EMT class. And luckily, my EMT instructor was a paramedic at my first um, fire department that I worked at. And he said they uh, their combination department. So at that time, they still had volunteer staff, mm-hmm. um, but they still do part time and full time uh, to staff their rigs. So uh, he was like, "You finish this EMT class, and I'll get you an application to become a volunteer." That's awesome. Um, so that's kind of how I started. Started volunteering there and uh, worked my way up through that. Uh, they put me through fire one and two um, in my volunteer days there, and then uh, kind of earned trust and got on the schedule there and got an offer from there and worked three shifts before I got my offer here <laughs> full time. Um, and then uh, the rest is history. Here I am. How long, how long have you been at the new <clears throat> the department that you're at now? Um, it'll be two years in August, two years. So a little over a year and a half. Gotcha. How are you liking it? I love it. Yeah. Best job of the world, dude. Did it, it is an amazing job. By the way, did I spell your name right? Yeah. Okay. Dude, Gerard. That's all I keep saying. Whenever I talk about you is Greg Gerard is who it is. And then I see one look at you and I'm like, he's no Gerard. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Sorry I don't meet your expectations. No, it's dude, okay. I've been working on this bad boy for quite some time. I tell you what, brother. Mine, I mean, obviously, it's the wrong color. Well. <laughs> it came in and decided to. It's all washed out by the light, too. It is. Oh, my you, face get is you a little out. bit of, Get you a little bit of uh, just dye. Me. Yeah. Just do it like a, dye like a real dirty blonde, you know? Dirty blonde? Yeah. Get some color in there. Well, <laughs> we need to represent that. I, well, for me. I was listening to a video and they were talking about how women like gray hair. Yeah, dude, that's my wife. She's like, I have two gray hairs, and she's like, oh, you're gonna look great, salt and pepper. I'm like, dude. salt and pepper. Looks- <laughs> See, that's the thing is, like, I got waiting, two gray hairs, man. I'm waiting for this to change. Obviously, I'm 30, but I'm waiting for this to change. I don't think I'm gonna get to the gray stage. I think it's gonna go straight to white, like straight white. Maybe like because it's already so light that. I want gray, but gray it, would be darker than what it is. Gray would be a hundred percent darker. I would love gray. Dude, there's a guy at the gym who's got the coolest mustache and goatee. He's probably in his late thirties, early forties. He's got no hair on his head, but it looks like he's almost like the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders, but obviously in really good shape. <laughs> but he's got a white mustache and a white goatee yeah and the dude looks like he's our age 
but has that. I'm like, God, it looks so cool. Like, that looks awesome. I wish I could grow something. I see some of the, the old head firefighters that have, like, the handlebars like I do. Yeah. And they have, like, the little icicles, you know, like the very yeah. tips of the mustache are turning gray. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's the style right that's there. That looks right good. there. That's solid. <laughs> Dude, uh, so you're medic. So yep. how you went through that course, obviously, 18 months for the medic uh, course? Mine was or a year. 11, 11 months. It was very quick. What do you okay? So, what do you think about the medic program? Do you think it needs to be longer or shorter? Do you think there needs to be things taken out of it, things added in? Like, what what is your opinions on that? Tell me about that. Uh, I I liked having a shorter, more accelerated class. Um, now, I don't know. I don't think I could do like the Pelham course where it's three months. That's a lot of information to try and ingest in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you're going every day. I, I don't know, but. I preferred what I liked about my course specifically is they were like, you're an adult. This is adult education. You paid money to be here. You're going to get what you want to get out of it. And I was like, absolutely. And that's kind of a, that's something that I prefer. If that, if it's a class that I'm signed up for and I'm paying money for, like I have an interest to take it, right? I'm going to put that effort in and I'm going to get what I want to get out of that. So I, I, I really liked that. They were they gave me the opportunity to kind of take the reins. Obviously, it was a structured class, so I had to follow what what structure they had set. But um, as far as like adding in or taking out anything, the the National Registry <coughs> sets up a standardized course, so that way I can take my information to any state in the U.S. as long as they accept the the National Registry and I can transfer over into their state. There's a couple of states I believe that don't let you do that and just get like reciprocity. Like if someone were to be a paramedic in Ohio or Illinois or California, whatever, and to come to Indiana, they basically just have to go to the state house, show their national registry card, go to the state house and pay. I don't know how much money, but, uh, to get reciprocity. And they basically just transfer their license over into Indiana. Um, some States don't do that. Some States you got to like fully take another like state test to be able to, uh, to practice in their in their state um the registry is a standardized approach um don't get me wrong i learned a lot you i i learned how the body functions very well um the application of it all is definitely hands-on like you're gonna get the bulk of your learning doing the job what is a misconception of paramedics coming from the pair of God stuff. Like it drives me nuts. I joke about it because everyone is like, Oh, if you're a paramedic, you walk on water. It's like, dude, I'm first off. I'm, I'm almost two years into being a paramedic. I'm a baby paramedic. I don't know much of anything. Um, I do think that I'm a pretty intelligent guy, but I don't know the half of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's definitely like the old heads out there that are been, been a paramedic for 20, 30 years, whatever. And they've seen it. And they're still learning. They're still being humbled. Like medicine is an ever evolving thing. So having this, even if you feel like you're that paragod, um, or just that, that stigma behind it, like you need to humble yourself. That's, that's one thing that kind of bothers me when people are like, Oh, paramedic walking on water. Dude, I was holier than thou. The fact that you brought that up, that reminds me. So I was, I used to play PlayStation with a guy who was a paramedic. And his name was Paragod on it. Yeah, of course I was it like, was. Why would you put that? And it's like, 
I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> it's not the term I would have ever have used. No, absolutely that. not. It's just like, don't think of yourself as you're that high up, bud. Like that's, that's the problem. Like when I get with a lot of firemen that like, um, one of my issues that I have that I'm still working through is that guys that make firefighting their one and only thing. Yeah. It's that's, their life. It's their life. They they put it so high above everything else, and it's like that's a. I I think that's one reason why the divorce rate's so high. I think. Yeah. But there's obviously. Well, that, a lot I mean, of that's factors. you're there's, putting your career in front you're of putting your career someone in front else. of your, fa- your yeah. front of your family. Now, like, don't put your don't put your girlfriend in front of your career because she's your girlfriend. Or boyfriend, if you're a girl. Girls. Ew. (laughs) Girls. Ew. Like, don't put, don't put somebody in front of your career. Like, do your, get your career if you're, you know, put your career there. And once you get married, that's when the discussion would have to happen. But don't put that career first, like every single time. Cause it'll, you'll lose in your relationship, especially your marriage and stuff like that. But there's also other times it's like you, that's why you work with other guys or gra- or gals that have experience in life and you can go and talk with them about things. That's been something that I've done a lot of in my life is asking others like counseling with the guys I work with, which is a huge deal in the fire service, which is why I think you see a lot of guys that are still well-rounded. I, cause I've, I've got friends from other career fields. They're not even as real, well-rounded as a lot of firemen that I know. And I think that's because of the camaraderie, not just the camaraderie, but it's also the ability to sit there and just be like, Hey, Dr- Hey Greg, man, I gotta, this is what's going on at home, man. I got some problems with uh, the girlfriend. I got some problems with my, my water heater. And, and you talk about these issues and not only are you talking about them, you're there with a, a, a buddy that's like, well, let's get it fixed. Like, let's fix this thing, which is why I think you see that camaraderie and that friendship that develops so quickly because you're just together. You're forced to be together for 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever yeah. your shift schedules are. Hopefully 48s. But uh, no, dude, everyone I've talked with, it's it's hit or miss about that. And then guys. I'm intrigued. Have, I'm intrigued on it. And guys are like, well, I've got a family. I'm like, oh, you complain about your family every time I talk to you. Like, you hate them. No, you hate them bastards. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hate no one hate no one says they hate them. Everyone loves their families, but it's like I think the the more attractive part to me is uh, being gone for so long, like being home for so long, and being actually present for so long. That's what that's I like what about is it. attractive to me. The um, the term being present at home is something that I we've been recently talking about with this forty eight ninety six yeah. conversation, um, and it makes a lot of sense when you're doing this twenty four forty eight. I mean, if we've been up all night, even if I don't get a chance to go take a nap, like I'm there physically, but I'm not there mentally. Correct. And especially if I've got to, you know, take care of the little one or we're off on like a family adventure or doing something, whatever. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm physically there, but I am so mentally drained and exhausted that I'm not present with my family. Let me see if I can pull up on my calendar. I don't think it'll be an easy way to explain this. So I will do my best to help understand that way. If for those that are, for those that are listening, I'll try to explain it the best I can. But for those who are watching, 
thank you to all five of you watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll try to explain it the best I can. If you don't understand, well, the future mayor of Greenwood's calling me right now. <laughs> I'll take this part. I'll take this part out. Let me look at it. Twenty. All right, let me call. Let me answer it real quick. Hey, is everything all right? Oh, I'm recording a podcast right now. Would I be able to call you back? I am podcast. Okay, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll call you when I'm done. All right, see you, buddy. No big deal. Nothing else. <laughs> oh, I could have muted my mic. God bless, I'm an idiot. Okay, so I'll try my best to explain this the best I can. So let's go ahead and take our schedule, the 2448, right? And I'm not prepared on this. This is just a, this episode. We're just kind of just throwing it off the wing, baby, off the wing. And that's what I enjoy most because it's just I enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so much easier. All right, I'm the Green Days, right? So I am the Green Days. This is February, all right. So for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm every Green Day. The Red Days A shift. The Black Day is B shift. All right. So there's three different shifts. A, B, C. 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. for every shift, every single every single day, A, B, and C. You get up, most people get up around either 4.30 or 5 a.m. to be there by 5.30. And I'll be honest, I'm not there at 5.30 because I'm exhausted. I hate getting up. <laughs> I show up about 10, 15 till, even though that's not the right thing at all. It's not courteous. I'm just exhausted. Like, I am Get I am not like a wake up and let's go kind of guy. Like I get up at four thirty and it takes me that long to get moving and I got a dog to take care of. Obviously, I, oh I got kids. Cool. Yeah, you also have a wife most likely to take care of an assistant. No, I'm kidding. Assistant. It's not an assistant. It's a. It's an equal. No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Cameras on you. No, oh God. Cameras on me. I'm just kidding. Um so let's say you have your night shift, right? Your night shift. Let's say the 14th during the night going to Wednesday in the morning, the 15th. Let's say you got the kids on the 15th and 16th because you've got kids and you have a part-time job that you got to work to on the 15th. So you see it there. You've got your part-time job. You just got up the morning of the 14th at 430 in the morning. You've been there. All day, you didn't go to bed till 12 o'clock. You get interrupted once, let's say once at night on the night of the, the 14th, the morning of the 15th. Now you're going into shift 18 hours by the time you get to go to sleep, right? That's not, that's not taking a nap. Now let's right. add a nap in one hour, right? Get an hour nap in on a good day. That's on a good day. Last day we didn't get. A nap? I did. I got you, a, I got a long interrupted nap. Until we woke nap. you up. Until we woke <laughs> you up. We got to put a smoke alarm in the neighbor's smoke, house. We got to do a smoke detector. Um, but now you've had a 17-hour day because you got to sleep for an hour. You go to bed and you wake back up on that run that you would have had more sleep on. You would have had almost six hours of sleep. Now you've got, let's say, five and a half. It wouldn't be five and a half. It'd be about 40 minutes total. Of sleep. Now you got to get up, and in a, t a period of 48 hours, let's count the night before that you got six hours of sleep. In a period of 48 hours, you've had almost 12 hours of sleep. Try to function for the next 14 to 16 hours. And it's not continuous sleep. And it's either. not continuous That's sleep. It's interrupted sleep. Yeah. It's, it's continuous naps over and over again. Yes. Throughout the night, throughout the day, whatever. 
you're not you're not able to like fall into a deep pattern of sleep and yeah. get into a point of like mental mental and physical recovery because well and then, I don't know some people are able to just hit the pillow and knock out I cannot do that like I we can. get back from a run even if it's a lift assist something that's not you know taxing on your mind or body I am awake I am wide awake yeah and then I got to sit there and I stare at the ceiling and then it takes me another 45 minutes after my head hits the pillow to fall asleep. And then I get to sleep and then those tones go off again or my alarm clock goes off to go home. And you're just exhausting. Even the nights I feel like if we don't get a run in the middle of the night, I still feel like I don't sleep well because I'm anticipating it. Yeah. Like I don't, I feel like my body doesn't allow me to get a deep sleep. It, so there was, <clears throat> I've, there wasn't studies on firefighters. It was a study on, uh, like anticipated some, it was called anticipated, whatever. I don't know, like waking up or anticipation, sleeping with anticipation, basically. Like you have some big test. You're not going to sleep well the night before because you're thinking about that test. So I can equate that towards there's going to be a run tonight. I'm going to wake up. Yeah. I'm going to wake up. I know I am, but I need to sleep. So you're sleeping, but you're not in that full REM sleep. It's hard to get into REM sleep for me. It's really hard to get into those stages. Um, I'm a pretty light sleeper, which is why I'm always tired. Like I thought about, you know, the, like Post Malone stuff. Always, always tired. tired. Always tired. I love Post Malone. Um, <clears throat> but other people can get into that REM sleep, but not everybody. So for doing a 48-hour shift, people are like, well, what if you're busy both days? I'm like, yeah. We're already busy right now. But that but second day is in, like, you're not going to have as many chores. You're not going to have the amount of training. I mean, you might do a company level training. We might table talk something or go out and flow mm-hmm. some lines or something like that. But you're not going to do your first day is going to be your busy day. That's yeah. where you, I mean, you're going to be tired. You're going to be ready for bed at 930. Yeah. And then you're going to take your runs. You can sleep in a little bit. I mean, obviously, you're oh, not yeah. going to be able to sleep till noon, but. You can I mean, sleep you in can as much if, as you if can. If you have that worked out with your crew, like let's say, let's say the day before, say the day before you guys go shopping for both days. True. Yeah. You've got, you go shopping for both days. You don't have to wake up, but you wake up whenever you want. And when, when's the most time that we catch rides in the evening time, yeah. like for noon us, to yeah. evening for us. So the morning time, it's not common for us to catch rides. Right. And let's say you, you say, guys, we don't need you until 1030 in the morning. So now you're sleeping. Let's say you get interrupted till 4 a.m. Now from 4 a.m., you get to sleep till 10.30. I'm not good at math. Yeah, there's your Four, six, five, six, five, five, five and a half, yeah. 20 hours, is that what it is? <laughs> 20 hours you of sleep. Got, you, got your, you, got your, you got your hour, you got your sleep right there just in the morning time. Go back and take a nap just afternoon. Afternoon, like you have to take a maintenance nap, always. Safety nap. A safety nap. I call it maintenance nap. Well, Brian Johns calls them maintenance naps. And then I'm like, that's actually a good idea. Uh there's another guy. I don't know if I should say his name, but he calls him. Uh, he's going to go read map pages. I <laughs> go study the maps. <laughs> and when they, when he would say that, I was like, Oh my gosh, like dude, you, he's every day the job he's he his. And he was the, he was the best chauffeur on our department that we've ever had. And I'm like, that's why he's the best. The guy's training every day. Like he's training on just map pages every day. And then I found out one day that means he's going to go take a nap. But I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's intelligent. That's great. But, um, but yeah, so there's more, there is more sleep that you can have, especially for your second day. You don't have anything. Just take naps. Like 
that will catch you back up and then sleep early the night before or the day before uh, you go home. But right now we have guys that are waking up at four 30 in the morning to be up for 18, 20, almost 20 hours sometimes just for them to wake up again at five 30 in the morning to go home, to be up the rest of the day. Then they get one night full sleep uninterrupted. That's if they don't have kids. Then they wake back up. They're up all day. Then they got to prep. Got to be back up at four, four 30 in the morning. And we wonder why guys are stressed. We wonder why our suicide rates up. We wonder why hyper, <coughs> we have a high risk of heart disease and hypertension. We wonder why we have guys that are diabetic. We wonder why we have cancer. We wonder why all of these health things, but there's these studies out there that you can go read and watch yourself and listen to podcasts, more podcasts, and you can listen to them. Nice plug on your own yeah. show. That's the dumbest thing ever. No, anyone who's watching or listening now, they're going to be like, I'm dumb. This guy's an idiot. Unsubscribe. But, uh, the Andrew Huberman show, uh, Andrew Huberman podcast, fantastic. I mean, he is great to listen to and talk to. Uh, one of the big things is sleep, sleep, sleep. Like, yeah. you need more sleep. That. It, it's a cure-all almost for everything. It's not like, oh, I've got cancer. Sleep away. Like, it's not that. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer's gone. I slept. It's not that, but it's like to help like reduce a lot of that. I had um, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on, and we talked about stress and suicide and disease that comes with lack of sleep. And lo and behold, like the things I just mentioned earlier, with a lack of sleep makes it all worse, and it can bring it on, onsets of it. So like you want to be as helpful as you can to your body, get more sleep right now. We got, we got you, we have you waking up for no reason at six. Oh God, our 6am shift is the dumbest thing. Truthfully. I, I kind of like it. I, it may work for you, but for me, it's yeah. the dumbest thing. I don't understand it. I like the getting in at six sucks. Like, yeah, I love going to work. Like my wife hates how much I love going into work. Yeah. But trying to get out of that bed at four 30 in the morning, is rough but coming home i get i mean obviously it depends on when my little one wakes up but i normally get like an hour hour and a half to myself i mean that's normally when i go work out mm -hmm. but if i'm not going to work out that day that's that's my time you know you, you don't get a whole lot of that just like alone time to do whatever you want if you want to like i'll watch podcasts or or stuff a podcast, um, <laughs> or uh, read something, <laughs> read something, listen to an audio book, um, work out, meal prep. I mm -hmm. mean, that's that's my uninterrupted time, and I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, that's what you just said. The uninterrupted uninterrupted time is actually interesting. I another plug uh, more on the podcast uh, with I had uh, the Deer Chiefs podcast yeah. ladies on. And they they brought up it's near the oh my gosh I want to say near the middle to the end of the podcast they brought up having when your husband comes home or when your firefighter comes home whether it's a male or female giving them the first twelve hours to just relax not putting anything on them making sure the kids understand to be on their best behavior as soon as you know as soon as the firefighter comes home. Let them relax. Give them the whole day to just de-stress. And for me, obviously, I don't have it, you know, no family. So, like, for me, I don't have to worry about that because I come home, I got my dog. Super easy to take care of. But for those who have kids, as soon as you get off work, you got, you got, you're on parent duty 
all day long. And that's just for your kids. That's not, oh, man, I got to fix the water heater. Man, I got to fix yep. the porch. Man, I got my truck needs to get an oil change. Like my tires need to be changed. That like, project list gets longer and longer every day. The project list gets longer and longer. <laughs> and you have less and less time because, for one, you're exhausted. You're not wanting to do anything with a 2448 schedule. You're having to go to bed super early so you can wake up super early just to do the same thing all over again. And that doesn't count if you have a part-time job. But if you had more time off, now granted, everyone's like, well, you end up working more. It's like, no, nah, not really, because more consecutive days off, you're able to get stuff done. Right now, put a project on your list. I don't understand. How are, you able, how are you working more if you have more time at so home? So they're talking about, when I talked with somebody about this, they were saying that like you, ha you end up working more hours. Like It's more hours consecutively, but you have more time off. Right. And that's de-stressed. Like, yeah, like I'm stressed. I don't have anxiety. I'm not depressed. I have some stress from what's going on right now. Nothing bad's going on. Things are going great. It's just, it's just busy. Just is that a ghost? Oh my god, we're puppy ghost. Puppy ghost, the cutest ghost in the world. <laughs> Delilah's knocking on the door. Um, I just got a lot going on, which is great stuff, but it's just you know added stress to what I'm already doing. But take the time, the schedule that I have now. I'm sorry. She's chasing a, her antler around. And she hits it and it just slides away. She chases after it again. But you take what I'm doing now. And I, I can only do a, only a certain amount of things with the time frame I have. I just need more time. Like, I just need more time. I'm willing to work more hours to have more time. Sure consecutively to not uh, knock things out because imagine i can do on the first day for this is just for me because obviously i think about this all the time because i have the time to think about it right um the first day i can knock out a podcast second day i can figure do a project third day i can either do the same project or work on that pocket same podcast again third day i could do another thing or take it as a relaxing day fourth day is prep day then i'm back to work for two yeah. days who like that's blow it blows my mind now imagine if i have kids right i don't have kids but imagine if i do first day honey give me 12 hours or if you're a single dad you don't have a choice whether you have i mean if you have them or not that day that it works out um let's say you have part-time jobs i mean i i have a small business that i run so like for me yeah like so when someone's like oh, i got a job I'm like well i i have a business that i run and it's tough because i'm having to deal with stuff while I'm at work. And if somebody's upset about something, I got to deal with that. Right. So I do understand about stress. I just handle it in a different way. But when I get off, I have responsibilities, especially during the seasons. Yeah. I have responsibilities. I have to get these done. If I don't get them done, I lose money. So yeah, I'll get them done. And then on top of that, I'm running all this other stuff that I'm doing. So when I hear somebody complain about it, I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me why you're complaining because it's just time management. And I've spoken with people who have a uh, who have quite a few kids that they just they even say the same thing. It's time management. It's how you handle it. In the beginning, early years of your child's life, a the child's life, uh, it's a hundred percent different. Children. The children, the children's wrath. You is small. <laughs> you is kind. You is beautiful. <laughs> the help plug. The help is such a good movie. It was a great movie. It's I've so never good. seen it before until the other day. <laughs> so good, dude. Ch Jessica Chastain. Yeah, no, I understand. 
I, I watched. Bark, bark. That's all I, <laughs> all I have to say. If anybody hasn't seen The Help, go see it. Yeah, Don't really walk. Good. Run. Run. <laughs> Run to your nearest blockbuster. <laughs> Run to your nearest blockbuster. Go see this movie. It is such a good movie. And I, I also have a thing for like how women dress back then. Let's let's get off the topic of forty eight ninety sixes because obviously it's the like we're not changing anybody's mind doing this. No. Like everyone, if you, you've got your mindset, you got your mindset. Um, and then they're like, just go somewhere that has it. Like, well, I would love to, but no one around here does it. Yeah, like, okay, let me go apply for L A. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go apply for San somewhere Francisco. in California cool. yeah. where they're more progressive. I'm not progressive. Well, a lot of that, a lot of those folks have it because they can't afford to live anywhere near the firehouse. No, so they'll stay there. Yeah, houses are six million dollars for a two thousand square foot home. Yeah. So yeah, they got to live hours away, and traffic sucks too. So oh they got to live gosh, hours yeah. away to be able to afford off their fireman's salary. And some of those guys have unlimited trade times and they'll trade for two months. I heard it. a story of, yeah, of a dude apparently like lived in Alaska or something like that or lived several live, states away. Yeah, they can live out of state. Lived several states away and traded like months at a time. So he would work like a month straight and then have a yep. month off and like go back home to his home state. So a friend of mine's, a friend of mine's cousin, her husband is a firefighter in California. Now, I don't know if it's Los Angeles County or but it's somewhere in those areas. They have he has unlimited trade time and he goes guys will work one month at a time and they'll take about a month off or two months off and then trade in or they'll do two months straight and then come back out. So they'll they'll just continually work there the entire That's time be and they live in a van in Nevada. So the next <laughs> state over. <coughs> But now with this van that they're living in, it's actually really cool. Like it's a it's a panelist van. They converted the whole thing in there, you know, inside. They got bunk beds and stuff, I yeah. think, for them to have their little space. Um, but it's like awesome. Like it looks like a ton of fun and they just travel. So with the time off that they have Yeah, a month or two off, they yeah. just do whatever and I, they want. I I want to say she's a nurse, but is not like stationed at one hospital. I I, I don't know exa- I don't want to keep saying what I think she is, but she might she might not be a nurse. But they're able to do that, they have that lifestyle, yeah. and they just travel all the time. Like, with his time off, they just travel. He'll grow a beard and everything and then shave it off and then go back to work. And it's like, that would be fun. I think that would be counterproductive from what we were just talking about, about the exhaustion of from working. I think that would be so counter. Working a month straight, I don't think you would have... Well, I would assume that their department is not as busy, or if it is, it's like wildland fire stuff and... That's their tour. A little bit more do. downtown. Or yeah, downtime. Downtime. Because, like, when you have a wildland fire, yeah, you work your ass off. Right. But when there's a fire, like for us, like. Well, there's seasons with that, too. I yeah. Mean, they have seasons gonna be for your, your downtime when you're are wet they taking seasons. EMS runs? Like, are they. Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's know. a good question. That is a good question. We should. You Let's, know call Let's call them. Call them right, right now. Right now. <laughs> Get uh, them on the phone. Hey, man, you don't know me, hey, but. You're on, more, you're on more with Stumble Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. You can consent, right? <laughs> After we hang up, I call him back. Hey, you're, you're good with me posting this, right? Um, that's something that I would think. But back to the help. Yes. I have a thing for like 50s fashion. Yeah. Like a woman dressed in that. Like the hair, the dress, the, the sundresses, skirts. the skirt. It's the skirts. It's the sundress. Dude, sundresses are just amazing. Dude, we have sundresses now. It's 2023. Yeah. 
No, not the same. It's not the same sundress, huh? It's not the same because women don't act as professional. Like they don't act as like man. Like the prim and proper. The prim and proper, the southern accents. Like you just want a southern belle. I would love a southern. Oh my gosh, I fell in love. I didn't fall in love, but there was a girl <laughs> when I was in, when I was in, uh, uh, where was it? Alabama, Gulf Shores. That's Alabama, right? Gulf yeah. Shores. Yeah. I was in Gulf Shores for a wedding, and we were at this like seafood place. The server comes up, and she was possibly one of the most attractive women's. That's woman's. <laughs> one of the most attractive women's that's ever like had to come talk to me. Yeah, because <laughs> I was. She walked up, and she had this. And what made her more attractive was her southern accent, and she had that. That southern drawl, like that, just super cute. Hi there, like hi y'all. It's like, yeah. <laughs> give oh, me a hand, please. <laughs> but she, the way she just talked, and like, it was just sure. amazing. And uh, obviously, you know, her physique as well was really uh, a plus. So, but that's what I really enjoyed about that. But yeah, I'd love to have a southern belle. I'm about to go to New Orleans. New Orleans. About to leave uh, here in a couple days, actually, for New Orleans. I'll be going down there from no, Mardi Gras. You swing by Party City and pick up uh, a couple things of beads and head on down? Honestly, I don't know if I, I'm going to do that or not. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I don't know if I want that. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> With great power comes great <laughs> As I'm putting the beads on my neck. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> the hardest choices require the strongest wills. <laughs> That's a uh, that's that's way too much for me. I don't think I could do Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Honestly, the There's only just reason way too many people. I'm terrified of large crowds. The only reason why I'm going is because a buddy of mine is going. He's going to be in the parade. He's on a float there, and he asked me to go with him. So I was like, I'll do it. It's, How do I, I mean? I know you got to be on this like long waiting list to get in, into yeah. the parade, but like, what is it like his business going? Is it just like his personal want to be on a float? Is it for my understanding? So he owns his own logistics business. Actually, he's been on the podcast before. It's Dave Bowers. I can't remember which episode it was, but Dave Bowers episode. Uh, he was in the bodybuilding industry, ran bodybuilding shows. One of the biggest shows in the nation for bodybuilding. He's one of five. Well, he was. He retired the show late last year, I think, early this year, or something like that. Um, one of the he's one of five for the pro shows before they go to the Olympia. So he was the Midwest Battle of the Champions, and um, he had another show as well, the Indiana uh, State Show, something like that. I can't remember. But Antiques Roadshow? Yeah. <laughs> We've got this piece. I want $2 million for it. It's worth 4 bucks. <laughs> so, uh, but he was one of five. Him, and then three other dudes and then Arnold Schwarzenegger was another guy that he ran one of the shows. Right. So like he's up at that level, but it just took too much. It took too much time away from his family. He wanted to put his family first and I respect that. And Absolutely. that's why I backed his decision. I'm like, dude, hundred percent retire the show, yeah. spend more time with your family. Absolutely. Um, but his, his business is also taking off too. So there's also that. So he was, I think personally he was losing money. I think he was losing money. Um, from focusing on the bodybuilding show and it doesn't bring him much in at all. Sure. And, um, he just did it because just people needed a show here and he's good at it. And it brought him a lot of joy at the time, but I think he loves his family more, which as you should. Yeah. Makes sense. So with this Mardi Gras thing, 
he was on a list for a while. He's been paying into it. I think he, I think if I remember correctly, I may be speaking this wrong. Like I may say this wrong. I think he does a sponsorship somehow. So his customers that he services for his business also are in it as well. Like they're in the floats, but he's been paying in as a sponsor and basically to get into it, someone has to die. Like you don't kill them. You don't do that. They just get old or something happens. They pass away and a spot opens. Cause that's the reason why no one gives their spot up. So like you have to wait for someone to pass away and then the spot opens, then you can jump into it. So that's, I believe what happened is, you know, someone was just super old and they passed away. And I think that's what happened. And they, they gave it to him and cause he's been paying into that for a while. Next in line. Yeah. So he's next in line and, so he's in the he's on the float. He said the parade is like eight hours long. Yeah, and it's an all day thing. I don't know anything about the only thing I know about Mardi Gras is that you you have beads on your neck, and then a woman comes up and exposes herself to you, and you throw beads at her. And to be honest, like this might sound lame, but like I'm not interested in that. Like, yeah, I'm actually interested. I, the culture is what I'm really excited about. I've heard New Orleans is super cool. Yes, my wife Katie is. Uh, I think she was fairly young but she took a uh trip down there vacation down there and she talks about being at the french quarter and having the beignets fresh beignets from the french quarter and all that and that sounds cool i think if i'm not mistaken like they have some of the oldest standing architecture in in america so like but it's like you know four or five hundred years old whereas like you look in like europe and it's Everything's thousands of years old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to see the food, the culture, different types of people, hearing accents. Like, I'm in a completely different world. Will I get that? There's going to be, I'm sure, tens of thousands of people there. I heard it's like the biggest party in the United States. Yeah, probably. I'm terrified of crowds. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. But like I was talking on the phone with Dave before we obviously when you pulled when you came here I yeah. was on the phone with him and he's like brother you're not gonna want to stop partying I'm like <laughs> I beg to differ <laughs> I beg to differ I know me and he's like if you're not staying out all night then you shouldn't come at all I'm like well don't say that like that's rude like, yeah but it's you just have different uh, I just have different tastes on like how a party should well, you go want you me. want a different outcome out of the out of the trip you don't want the yeah. the big party experience you want to experience New Orleans yeah I want to experience New Orleans I want to Orleans. be able to at least New Orleans. Nolans? <laughs> is it Nolans? Not is Nolans. Norwalls. <laughs> like I want to experience like what it's like to be there, and I want to be able to tell people at some point in my life, yeah, I went to Mardi Gras once. Like I, this, I don't think this will be something I'm like I want to come back again. Like I don't think I'll I'll be like that. Right. I think what it'll be is I experienced it. Wash my hands. I'm walking away. Well, you might see a lot of cool stuff, and you'll be like, I need to be here when there's not tens of thousands of people. Yes. Yes. I, would, I would almost guarantee that's probably what's going to happen. And you're going to end up doing a second trip. Maybe. Not during Mardi Gras. Yeah, maybe. My mom went one time when she was younger, and she's like, the place was gross. Like, dirty. She was really? Like, she goes, she said it was very dirty there. It was very gross. Well, that sucks to hear. She said there's a lot of demonic stuff there. And I'm like, that stuff scares well, me. Yeah, they do like voodoo stuff down that way. They do voodoo there. And, I, and if there is, I'm bringing Christ with me. I'll bring the Bible. Amen, brother. Repent. <laughs> <laughs> Repent and thou shalt not go to hell. You're going to be standing up on a speaker with a microphone. <laughs> you are going to hell. <laughs> you are all <laughs> going to hell. Sinners. <laughs> All of you, <laughs> no, you godless heathens. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, I, 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 that would be funny, but like, I don't think I'll do that. But I, I definitely think it's just like uh, if I see demonic stuff, that stuff, I don't mess with that. Yeah. I don't go in those places. There's, iffy. I won't even watch the NFL. Like I won't watch commercials that are demonic. Anything like and you're like, oh, what's demonic about it? Like look at the symbolism. Like look at the symbolism of just celebrities today. Like they're just type in symbolism and celebrities and enjoy like because there's so much <laughs> and enjoy i don't have to sit here and i don't have to put up an argument no I don't to think people do. about the devil being in celebrities or famous people or anything you watch that's like a major program like just recently i with, do everything i can to avoid celebrity gossip and all, like it's like forced down your throat yeah like i do not care not that i don't care about them they are human lives it comes off wrong I do not, they, why, they're famous people being paid for our entertainment, athletes, movie stars, pop singers, whatever. They're they're paid for our entertainment. Why do we worship people like that? It's weird. It's, it's false, very it's weird. false idols. Yeah, absolutely. Weird. Like, I just, I don't care who they're dating. I don't care what, what late night show they're going to be on next. I don't. I don't care. It well, I can't say that too nothing much interests me like that because obviously I do a podcast where I'm getting people on just to talk. But like, I don't. I have my goals of people who I want to reach because I think that they can bring a lot to the table. But like, I don't want to talk to somebody who's a celebrity just because that's a celebrity. It's right. Like, there's a reason why I want to talk to them. So there may there may be some of that with a lot of this. But like, I think you, you news, want to get a learning experience out of it. I want to learn out of it. Yeah. What I don't like is the news just doing, you know. Brad Pitt said this. It's like, well, no one cares what yeah, he said. Cares? Like, unless it's something extremely offensive, even if at that, it's like, you could be offensive, but just don't try to force it down people's throat with anything. Yeah. But I just think yeah, a lot of that stuff's demonic. Like I, I heard, I was reading a little bit on Facebook <laughs> about uh, Rihanna's performance. Like, isn't she pregnant? Like Rihanna? Yeah. yeah. And I heard, I guess she announced it last night. I mean, okay. you, could, you could clearly hey, see. Congratulations. But, yeah. Um, being pregnant some people you know try forever and they can't have them yeah um but i saw some pictures of her performance and she's like rubbing her crotch and then like sniffing her fingers and it's like <laughs> that's not i don't believe that child gave consent <laughs> <laughs> so like the old scratch and sniff huh <laughs> like don't you ever think of that like i don't think it's right if you're like pregnant and in pornography, it's just yeah. pornography itself is, is I, it's a problem for a lot of things, but yes, I think if you're pregnant and doing it, it's like, well, you've got a baby inside of you. Like that kid's gonna be like, yeah, I was important. Even born, like product of born. Like it's don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> just think about it. You know, it doesn't make sense, but like her doing that performance, it's like this stuff's become disgusting. Like you can't just perform. You right. can't just do a performance that has no symbolism in it, in it. You just can't do a performance that's not degrading or, you know, disgusting or sexualized. Uh, it's just, I think it's like, there's a lot of issues. Like I even have an issue with well, like, because that's what draws in crowds and that's what makes money. Sex sells. Sex sells, right? Dude, if I had, I thought about this. Um, if I had like, if I were able to put on a porn star on here or somebody who is like that, yeah. you know what I mean? My views would go out the roof. Yeah. Because probably. it's just some hot chick that everyone's seen naked and she's on one of those It's like, but if I have somebody on giving great information, sorry, dude, she's right. She's laying next to the door <laughs> chewing on her bone. 
She's wanting to be. She as wants close to be on the pod can. so bad. She's like, I just, I have so much to say. <laughs> um, we're talking about Delilah, um, but if I have, when I have somebody on that's got a lot of great information and I'm learning from it, like the 148 Ministries I just had on David Storvik, like brought on a lot of great stuff. Yeah, that doesn't get anything because it's not as visually appealing to right. a lot of people. So I thought about for a whole episode just having like chicks dancing in the video. Well, you see, like a lot of a lot of the thumbnails on YouTube are just oh, yeah. clickbait. Oh yeah, like it could be the tiniest little piece of their podcast or or their video, but that's the thumbnail because yeah. that's going to get people to click on their video. I should try that for our episode. Just get big old booty. <laughs> like the <yin> -yang twins. <laughs> Ying Yang Twins Ying Yang Twins Throwing it way back Hey how you doing little mama Let me whisper in here Tell you something that you might like to hear You got a sexy ass body in your ass No Mind if I touch it to see if it's soft No I'm just playing Let's just say I can Just go through the entire song But that's the issue that I have with a lot of that stuff I refuse to watch it As soon as the game started Well they did the I don't agree with some of the stuff that they did in the beginning because I think it causes more segregation. I think that I it's, really didn't watch it's much divisive. Of it. Well, they did the Black National Anthem, which yeah, I have nothing. I was wondering. I have nothing, nothing against any race. Nothing. I don't care what your race is. I don't care. But when you start saying, we're going to do this because it represents our race. Sure. We're separating ourselves. It's like, don't. We're all the same. We're all American. Right. When you start separating, because then you might, then you'll start get if you start getting, you know, there was the black national anthem, then you get the Asian national anthem. It's like, you don't, we don't separate. We are all one. We are all together here. Yeah. It needs to be more of a, a community approach to things. It's a community approach. Like, that's what we need. We are Americans. Do the American national anthem. It represents all of us. Well, there's the, the adage that's, you know, I think it's kind of corny, but it, it stands true hundred percent. It's. You know, together we stay and divided we fall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're definitely falling right now. Yeah. There's so much d divisiveness that's going on. This whole, whatever your color is, like, I don't care. But when you start othering people and you start separating it because of your race, that is segregation. And that's racist. It is 100% racist to do that. I don't see any difference between anything. Like... You can have whatever color skin. You are still the fucking same person as me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I, get too deep into that thing, stuff. It's like. There, there's a picture that I saw and it had like 10 skeletons. And then it went through. Right. This is a black guy. This is a white guy. This is an Asian guy. This is a gay guy. This is a trans. This, and it's like, can you tell the difference? Right. No. They're all the same. Human beings. We're all human beings. Yeah. Like, we get that. Just once you start separating and segregating things, that's when things go downhill. Yeah. Quick. But. So, we can get back into the fire department. The fire, department. the fire department, dude. What is some of your issues that you that you foresee in the future coming as a new person coming in? Like, what are some things that you see? I don't know, man. That's tough. Do you think this all inclusivity thing, uh, you know, being gentle and kind, is going to be in the long run harmful? And yes. all this mental illness stuff coming in and being soft. Well, now you're now you're towing a line. Uh, I'm extremely towing a yeah. line on this one. You can't just sit there and, and bottle up how you feel about things. 
um, because suicide rates are through the roof with public safety, specifically males, um, because we're supposed to hold everything together. We're supposed to be the pillars and and the glue of everything. And Mm -hmm. like being vulnerable is, is supposed to, is, is bad. It's a feminine thing. Like you can't, you can't be vulnerable where, and then all of a sudden, Oh, Jimmy killed himself. I had no idea he was struggling. But what you're talking about being soft and this, this, you know, with kit gloves sort of thing, you got to be tough on people. You got to induce stress in the right situations because our job can be extremely stressful. You got to be able to induce stress, see how someone's going to react and help shape them in that stressful environment. Um, I've never seen this, but I thought, I think this would be super cool to watch. I guess there's a study out there. Um, I was talking, uh, watching a podcast with, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. He's the, uh, one of the creators of nozzle forward. Um, he was saying that there's this study out there and they're showing there there's two groups, if you want to call it, or two, two sessions, if you want to call it with the same group. The exact exercise is the same in both exercises, whatever. Um, and the first exercise they go through, let's let's just say we're going into a, a training burn and you got to make a push through the front door down a hallway into a back bedroom to find the seat of the fire, right? The first group, they're doing that exercise with like heavy metal, like speed metal, thrash metal, blaring, Right. So you're inducing a high level of stress at that point. Your second group does the exact same exercise, but to like Barry Manilow or Stevie Wonder, just a real soft, mellow, something that's not uh, as intense on your ears so you're not going to react the same way, right? Um, All in all, what he was getting back to was like the human... Nature is to, uh, he called it like something like listen to your mother's beating heart because our mother carried us in her womb. We listened to her beating heart. So the fast thrash metal, that's a boom, 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 boom. That's fast beats. That's going to get us amped up as an individual. That's going to create stress. The Barry Manilow, the Stevie Wonders, the real soft, mellow type music. Boom, 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 boom. It's going to lower that stress level. So in that same exercise, different outcomes happened. Your, your fast thrash metal, uh, exercise was you're in the door to the seat of the fire in 10 seconds. Things were missed. Um, you know, you didn't wet the environment, cool the environment as you went through whatever. Um, but then, the the slow music, the Barry Manilow's, you know, your knee walked nice and slow. You're flowing. You're painting the room as you're going down. You got your whole environment cooled. You move on. You got your whole environment cooled. You move on. It takes a minute and a half to get to that seat of the fire. I thought that was a really cool study because nothing changed. You knew exactly what you had to do and you knew the outcome of the drill. Nothing was a, uh, a shock. Nothing was a surprise. Everything was set to uh, like... You, you, you knew you knew what you were going to do, um, but the outcomes were very different just based on those two very small 
variables. So as you were talking, <clears throat> I was looking up a study done by NC. This is just if you want to type this in. This might be this might be the same thing. The influence of music during uh, produced by during exercise. The ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. Listening. This is this is a long long article or long uh, study. Listening to music during an exercise has also been reported to alter hormonal responses, specifically in the hypothalamic-pituitary axis, the HPA. Uh, Brownlee et al. showed this. That's a person, Brownlee. Oh. Uh, showed that listening to fast tempo, I think Brownlee's a person or it's a place, uh, listening to fast tempo music during high-intensity exercise resulted in higher saliv salivary concentrations of cortisol compared to no music. These findings have been reinforced by others showing that motivational music results in sustained elevations of cortisol uh, following exercise, while the consequences of altered cortisol responses on performance while listening to music are not fully clear, Increased cortisol could improve substrate availability during exercise and recovery through increased gluconeogenesis and free fatty acid mobilization. So this is also, however, the effects of music on the HPA, which is the hypothalamus thing. Let me make sure that's the right. The hypothalamic pituitary axis appears to be dependent on whether the music is considered sedative or stimulative so what you're just saying sure sedative music has been shown to decrease cortisol levels following short-term high-intensity exercise it supports the idea of different types of music may alter physiological responses to exercise differently further highlighting the importance of understanding how music preferences influence exercise responses That's basically there's the those people thing. in the gym and they're listening to like some old Tim McGraw, nice and slow music, and they're working yeah. out. I'm like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> like, how are you not just wanting to go take a nap? <laughs> I know. Like, I wanna, it makes me want to go to sleep. Yeah. But, and, like, if I'm listening to, like, sad country music, like, I'm like, oh, I'm not wanting to work out, man. I go <laughs> Why is he home. crying as he's bench pressing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to do any of that. That's really interesting that you bring that up because I know that, like, on the way to run sometimes, like, if it's a legit fire, like – I'm getting amped up. I'm getting excited. I'm ready to ready to go. But obviously, when it comes time to doing radio traffic, I try my best to like deep breath. <sighs> yep, I do the same thing. Fire control engine I three. It's almost like I'm waiting for it to be out of breath. But I've also been told that my voice is just way too quiet on the radio, which I can I can understand that. I sure. can see that. So I, I've been trying to work on that. Um, but like for me, like Steve Dillman, he's another one that's been on the podcast. That'd be is a great episode, by the way. It is a great episode. I listened to him. Like, I got a lot of advice from him about radio traffic and how to talk. Like, he goes, <clears throat> he said, people could never tell. He would, I was told this by somebody else, uh, and he and he agreed to it. I said, is it true that people could never tell if there was a fire that you were on or not because of the, how calm you were? He goes, yeah. He's like, as long as you're calm and consistent all the time, it's fire control, you know, engine 93. Uh, go ahead, engine 93. Engine 93 is on a two-story residence. Nothing showing from three sides. We'll be investigating. Switch to a fire. Fire control, engine 93. Go ahead. Engine 93 is on scene. Two-story residence. Smoke and fire showing from the A side. We'll be attacked. We don't have a water supply. So that's how it should be. 
Yeah. Not screaming into it. It's a nitrous. We got a fire. It's blowing out the room. <laughs> we have people that you that do that. We have people that yeah. will yell on the radio because well, that gets everyone amped up. Oh too. my gosh! It's the guys coming in. It's the guys um, thinking like, okay, what do we got here? If he's screaming, if this senior yeah, lieutenant bad. is screaming, this is bad. I don't know what to do now. Or if the guy yells all the time, you're like. Yells all the time. <laughs> and it's just embarrassing because yeah. someone else is listening to this and it's just embarrassing. Please yeah. don't yell. You got the scanner, squirrel scanners out there. Though. Yes. I was listening to you on the scanners. Yeah. But that's where it's like practice, 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 practice. Just get on a radio and just try. On the way there, if everyone's hooting and hollering and screaming, give you a couple. Like one thing that I recommend because on one of my fires, one of my fires, one of the couple that I've had, just literally, just literally less than a handful as the ride out officer. I had to tell everybody to shut up because we're <laughs> in I, the we're, ring. They're, they're all high fiving. <laughs> Let's fucking go. We're going to job. We're doing it. We're doing our job. Like they're so excited to get to go do their job. But I remember turning around and just being like, shut up. I didn't say shut up. But I said, shut the fuck up. Like I need a second to think. And I'm like, all right, cool. Fire control engine three. Then it's like everyone gets all quiet and they're waiting and they're just like shaking. I'm like, just use this energy when we're inside. Like yeah. that's what we need. <laughs> I couldn't imagine adding music to that. Like turning on some like ACDC thunderstruck as right. you're pulling up like that just the whole time. I couldn't imagine that. That'd be awesome. Um but anyway, going back to but I can't see the whole stress and whatnot. Thing. The what you were talking about with do you think that like the you know, handle the kit gloves, I already said my piece on yeah. like you gotta be able to induce stress. Um, but with, I, th I think there's really good aspects to that way to handle things with like the kit gloves and the sense of like, it encourages more conversation instead of this is the way we do it. Sit down, shut up, do your job. Understanding a why we do something is super important. Like, if I'm understanding why, that's something I can get behind. If you just tell me to go do it, I'm still going to go do it yeah. because it's my job. But you're able to to kind of get a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a I don't know. I can't think of the word. A reason? Yeah, a good reason. You're looking for a good reason. A want. To do what you you do. have a want to do your job, yeah. not just I'm going to go do my job. I think what comes with it, and obviously you look at schools now, because what I, what I like to do is see what, see what path we're going and then look anywhere else that this path is at right now. Look at colleges, because that path has already been in colleges. Uh, I spoke with the Dear Chiefs podcast ladies about this, and I asked them at the end of it, how far is too far? And they said, obviously, you know, like you're going to have to do your job. And if you're not capable for the job, then you have to go. Um now, there was somebody that I've seen personally that said, that told someone else, I don't think that you're ready for this job. And that person filed a uh, harassment charge against that other person saying like, oh, he's telling me that I'm not ready for it. I can't do the job. It's like, well, there's, and I, I can't remember if that person was given time off for that comment, but the guy would pass out every time he put a mask on. Sure. Yeah, I'd say you're not, not ready. ready. It's not you're not ready, bud. Like you can't be working. That's a that's a minimum requirement there. And that person that made the comment of telling him you're not ready, maybe you need to find another career. A hundred percent, he was in the right. Sure, hundred percent. 
But my question is, was he was that violent workplace is what it was filed? Was that officer or whoever it was that made that comment? Were they working with that individual to get them better? Yeah, to they make were doing sure? trainings every day. The guy yeah. kept passing out because okay. he was getting. I mean, that's another story. Food. Yeah, that's another story. I mean, if yeah, you go I was working with them, if, you, if you're not putting in any work as the officer, or the person that's training that that new guy or who, whoever it was, uh, and you're not putting in that effort to make them better and help them get over these fears or, or claustrophobia or whatever that may be, uh, I, you're you're just as to blame. Yeah, equally 100%. to blame on that. I agree with that. Which I think I think we're headed in a very good direction um, as a department and as the crews because I'm seeing more and more. Ignore that. I can't. It's a big light <laughs> flashing in my eye. <laughs> um, we're I'm seeing more and more buy-in by you know the 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 adage of like lead from the back, right? Yeah. I'm seeing more and more backsteppers and engineers step up and we're the ones that are creating trainings and talking about things. And that's fantastic. That's it's a, it's absolutely fantastic because for multiple things, right? You could have an officer that's just lazy and doesn't want to do anything. That is what it is. Um, but you also can't depend on your officer to completely and wholly be the one that's like, we're going to train today. This is what we're going to cover. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to burn them out. They also have other things that they got to do. Mm-hmm. Like they can't be the one coming up with training topics 24 seven. No. Having, having this buy-in from the backsteppers, the engineers, like these are the things we need to hit on, you know, say we have a fire and then we didn't do X, Y, and Z. Let's go train it. Let's go drill it. That's there's, huge. There's one issue that I have with, these weekly department trainings that we used to do all the time at our place is it was so monotonous. Right. If you, in my opinion, which I know at some point we're going to go back to, which I don't agree with it because it's not like, Oh, you don't like to train. I actually do enjoy training. Hell yeah. I actually enjoy it. But when it's every other shift or every other two shifts that you're doing a department training, it's like, it's so monotonous. It gets to a point where you're like, I'm learning nothing because this is just a routine that we're it's a, it's too much of a common routine that we're we're doing. And I, I've got there's well, other it kind things of stopped. I'd say probably like right around my eight month mark of being at this department. Yeah. In that eight months, I did two trainings on how to silence fire alarms. I'm like, I, I got it the first time. We're yeah. we're good. We used to do at our place. Like, now, why was it so much about fire alarms? It's, let's, let's talk something good. Let's you know? talk something real. That's real. <laughs> um, back when I was first starting, uh, when I first started, this was about 11, 11 years in. Oh, salty dog. Yeah, you know, mustache. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but back when I first started, it was, you'd have morning training and then you'd have night training for the part-time day guys and the part-time oh, night guys. right. So you'd go to training twice in one day. So you'd- Was it the same? Same training. Ooh. Stupid. Ooh. It's the dumb. I remember saying like, this is the dumbest thing. Like just re- like <sighs> come around and teach us like that. I remember making that comment. Like, why don't you come to the guys that are, but we, but I understand why they did it. I just, yeah, I blew yeah there's definitely a need to do it, there's but it's, it's monotonous when you're, when you're doing the, the same when you're, training when you twice a, a day, 24 hour shift, you're training twice a day on the same thing. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're like, we're going to do training all day. I'm like, I'm not picking anything up, dude. You're throwing you're throwing an entire toolbox at me, and I can only grab two things. Yeah, 
from out of this. And and the two things I'm picking up is don't talk and get the duties done. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Every skill you're showing me, I'm forgetting. Um, the, I was hitting hydrants. Well, they had me hit a hydrant probably in one day. I was hitting this hydrant for an hour and a half straight. It was the dumbest. It was repetitive. And the only thing I got out of it, I never got any faster because I was just as fast as what my hands would allow me. Sure. The only thing I learned from it was when you have your mask hooked up with your regulator and instead of hanging it there, just toss it over. Yeah. That was it. That's all I learned from it. It was not like wrap it this way, kneel on it, step back, you do this and that. It was never any of that. It was, it was just, just wrap the hydrant, wrap the hydrant, wrap the hydrant. It was just wrap the hydrant. Go. As they're going, once enough comes off, you can take it off. And yeah. as, as as they're going, you can just open up your, your cap. If it has a cap, if it's a, if it's a threaded cap or if it's a storage connection, just pop that off and just flow, like flow, let, let the water slide out. Don't let it shoot out. Cause then if you've got product inside, like trash, it goes up to the top. It doesn't come all the way out. So let it pour out lightly and then work your way up to it where it's coming out. Close it back down, hook up your stuff to it. And you're good Sounds to like you learned something to me. It's, I learned it when I was in fire one and two class, <laughs> but we do the, but I understand why you want it to, if the guy is super slow, yeah, he needs to work on his time. Yeah. But at that point I was a cadet for the department that's a, for That should be a company years. training. That shouldn't be a department it, training. That should be a company as a department training. training. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty pathetic. That and should then, be, I mean, I could see like, like last year where you guys had two, two new hires yeah. on the back step. Like I could see that being a company level yeah, training. We'd go out and do it, but you do it only a couple times and they get the point. Right. And if they can't get the point, I'm sorry, but that's the basics of our job that you should have learned in fire one and two. And if right. you can't do it, I don't want you here. You shouldn't be here. But then again, that comes down to where you got to be more soft on people because they can't handle the truth. There's been times where I've sat and talked with people about it. And well, so, so what I was getting at earlier, I should have, I should have made the statement earlier. What I was getting at earlier was if you are looking at how, Mental health and mental illness go. It's it it is real, very very real. Hundred percent. It is a topic that needs to be more involved in the fire service. But how far is too far? Look at some departments in other countries. They don't go in. They don't go into fires at all because the right. risk of cancer, the risk of death is too high. They won't go in at all. Well, if there's somebody inside there, exactly. I have a big issue with that. You don't know if there's somebody inside unless you go and make sure. You have to be okay with putting your life on the line to save another. Yeah, have but to. how how far is too far for the risk of cancer? We're all everyone's going to get cancer. I'm sorry. I just had this talk with somebody else. Dude, you could be an accountant for yes. Chase, you're going to get cancer. You by like, touching it's all in your of water. That. Yeah, like <laughs> it's in your water. It's in the clouds, man. <laughs> it's the iCloud. <laughs> Radio waves and shit. But like you are going to get it. We are going to get it. But yeah, we have a higher risk because we're firemen. 100%. Sure. Um, we signed up for the job. We know what to expect. Yes. Should you uh, take the precautions necessary to no, lower say on the your flip risk? Side, we do everything we can to prevent we, we that do. from happening. We actually do a pretty good job. Showering after fires. Don't be in your gear all the yes. time. D Wash D your uh, damn gear. Decon at the scene. Yeah. Like to get as much that particulate off of your gear because you're getting back in the fire truck. And you don't want it sitting in the fire truck. You want to decon as much as you can. Wear your mask when you're inside. Like, guys do this stuff. Like, at least in our apartment that I've noticed, guys do it. Guys yeah. wear the proper PPE. <clears throat> um, we switch our gear out when we get back to the station. Wash your stinking helmet. Wash your helmet. Wash Clean the damn helmet. your helmet. Enough it'll, of this it'll get dirty. 
the, the more you wear it into fires, hot fires, it's going to get dirty and it's going to stay permanently like salty, right? You don't need to leave all the nasty shit on there. Wash the shit off. Yes. And it's a yeah. And guys just keep their stuff dirty because it looks cool. Yeah. It does look cool. It does. Like it really does. I would love to mess shit dirty all the time, but it's not conducive. For one, it you take some pride in your gear and yeah. keep it clean. When they when guys see that it's dirty all the time, like yeah, you like you go up to a department where they're doing fires all the time. Yeah, it's going to be dirty often because if you're doing two three fires a day, you're not switching out gears much. Right. But I bet you those guys are cleaning their shit off <coughs> afterwards because you're just letting that stuff sit on it and you're touching it with your hands and you're touching your face, you're touching anything else. Like you're breathing it in still because it's aerosolized at some point. Um, but what I'm talking about is when this whole like being soft to guys and being gentle to guys is look at colleges now. There's some colleges that allow kids to skip out on exams because they're just too stressed by what's going on in the world. Uh, when Donald Trump won the election, kids didn't show up for school and the schools allowed them to take time off because they needed time to process what just happened to our country. <laughs> That's too far. Right. That's too far because if you look at where they're at, look look down at culture, look at culture, and I'm going to tell you what the government's about to do next. Look downstream. Sure. It's, that was a Breitbart thing, and it's I'm butchering. Like, obviously, you know that I butcher sayings and I butcher jokes. But you get the gist like of it out. Is but the you're, gist. you're trying to get the, the gist of it. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I hear this whole mental health stuff. Well, when someone calls and says, I need a mental health day, it's like, it's such a new thing around here. Guys take it the wrong way. 100%. Yeah, you need a day to relax and de-stress. Yeah. But around here, don't call it a mental health day. Be like, hey, I need the day off. Yep. And if they ask you why, expect personal reasons. Because you can't get that buy-in right away by like, I need a mental health day. It's like, oh, guys around here will be like, he's not ready. Dude. It's, my, it's tough. You just got to change the word verbiage right now around here. That's what the I'm job saying. I had before getting on the fire department, it was a IT sales job. And it was the most stressful thing that I think I've ever been, ever done. Like, we see some shit in the fire service yeah. that causes stress. This job was more stressful than anything I can imagine from there. I was so sick. It was, I was like getting ulcers and shit. Like I was going to see a doctor because I was so sick of, from the amount of stress that I was in. Really? And I called in one day. I said, Hey, I'm not going to make it today. I need a day off. I need a personal day. Why? What's wrong? I need a day to myself. Are you sick? Yeah, dude, I'm sick. Just, I need a day. Yeah. Like I am so overwhelmed. I need to get away from that place, get away from that computer, get away from that phone. So I don't go insane. But it was, why? What What can I do? Why are you sick? What's going on? Like, dude, it's none of your damn business. It could be somebody I need a damn cares. day. It could be somebody that cares. It was not out of caring. Oh. <laughs> it was absolutely not out of caring. That was the culture. It was, it's, oh, family. Yeah, no, you're not my family. You do not give a shit about me. You give a shit about your numbers, and I, my sales impact your numbers. True. So if I'm not there, I'm not making sales, you're not making numbers. Very true. I remember when I worked at McDonald's when I was 15 to 16 and I had, <laughs> that job was more stressful working at McDonald's than working here. Now, the only thing that makes this job stressful, I think personally, is the people, the people you work with. That's what makes it stressful. Sure. Because you're dealing with like definitely, type A personalities. Yeah. But that's why you got to make sure. to it. Oh, it definitely does. <laughs> now, there's some calls that are messed up and stuff like that. Sure. That you got to deal with. Um, 
do the departments know how to deal with those? I'd say 90% don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Like how to deal with guys that are stressed out, how to deal with guys that are dealing with traumatic experiences. But you got to remember now. They try. Like we've got that try. EAP program. Yeah, they do try. Or, and like the, I don't know if it's a federally funded thing or if it's by the state or whatever, but you get like eight, seven, eight free counseling sessions with a therapist or whatever. But they're not a public safety therapist. They're just a general therapist. They don't know how to talk to us. Right. That's a big issue. Like, my stresses are different from Tom from accounting stresses. Not that not that mine are better or, or worse. However, mine are however more that's, hardcore stresses. Yeah, not yeah. that I have more hardcore. They're no. just different. They're different. So the different stress. Let me explain it real quick for those who don't understand it. Tom from a Tom from accounting might be dealing with stress because he's overloaded with so much work and deadlines, and my salary affects on this. Like my livelihood affects this. Like if I don't, if I don't make this sale or if I don't get this sale done, then I don't have a job next week. Ours is, man, this kid just died and I had to hold him. So I'm, yeah. and I, and, and you, you know, you've got a 13 month old, 13 or 12 month, 13, uh, 14 months 14 today. Months old today. Happy birthday, birthday, Happy Evelyn. Evelyn. Oh, oh. <laughs> But you want to sign up for the military? Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> but you just held, you know, a 14 month old. Yeah. This is, an, this is a God forbid. Yes, God absolutely. Forbid. But you, you just held someone else's 14 month old baby who just died. Yep. And you've got a 14 month old baby. And every time you look at your baby, you see that other baby. I mean, hell, not even that. That's you're a different type into, of like, stress. A, walking into a cardiac arrest and looking at someone, you're like, holy shit, that looks like my grandpa or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or this guy's the same age as me. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. Or or you have, I grew up with that kid. See, I didn't grow up I've around had, here. I, I grew up around here. I really appreciate the fact, now that I've really been doing this for a little bit, yeah. I appreciate the fact that I did not grow up around here because some of you guys that went to school here, yeah. been here since you've been born, you know some of these, a lot of these people. Yeah. And that would be rough. It's not, I mean, here's the thing, dude. Don't pity me at all. But it's not the fun, most yeah. fun thing in the world when you walk in and you're like, and I think you heard me just a couple shifts ago. I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, this was all because you were huffing canisters yeah. in high school in the gym class. And I remember sitting there watching you do it. Like, you're like, hey, everybody. <laughs> I remember that. Now you've got, like, now, now you have seizures from that. Yeah. Like. Growing up, I've I've worked an arrest on somebody who I grew up with. Now, please, again, do not pity me. Do not pity me. But it just happens. It just happens when you just grow up around here. I've worked arrests of my customers on my days off that I have for my mowing company. I've worked an arrest on a lot of them. Like, yeah. And it's somebody I'm like, am I going to get paid tomorrow? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my That's, God. A That's a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. <laughs> Find his checkbook. See if it's got it written out. There should be a check already written. Check under the doormat. I have one time that we went to a, we went to a patient's house, and it was somebody who I mowed for. And I, when the address came out, I'm like, oh, I know where that's at. And I remember they left the check out, and I forgot to grab the check. And it was underneath their doormat. So as I'm walking up, I almost out of habit <laughs> reached under the doormat. <laughs> as I'm walking up, I was like, oh. <laughs> 
just kept walking. I will come back tomorrow. Yeah, I will come back tomorrow. <laughs> and I just walked in and I walked in and said hi to the person. And obviously it was their grandmother that I was there for. We were there for. But it was just funny because I was just thinking, I'm like, you want me to grab the check now? Or just like, <laughs> I did not grab it. Then I waited till I was off shift. I went back and grabbed it again. Um, but there's, yeah, growing up in the same city that you work for, yeah, it's you yeah, run into that. That could be extremely tough. It, I mean, that's another stress. Too. I don't think like, it's. I don't think it's tough. I think it's a, the annoyance of like, dude, like you had life by the balls, you were going good, and you're screwing it up. Sure. Or you know, or you just can't help it. It's a medical condition, but it also helps because I walk in and I'm like, and I, we, I remember I had went on a, a run. The kid was having chest pain. <clears throat> we walk in there, and I immediately I went up to him and said, I said his name. And I was like, let's pretend his name was Mark. Because we work with Mark Freeze. Mark. United States National Guard. And I come walking Marine in. Marine Special Forces. <laughs> I'm not the hero that you need. <laughs> I'm the one you get. <laughs> I'm Spooder Man. Spooder Man. Um, but I come walking in. Let's say his name was Mark. It's not Mark. But I walk in. I'm like, Mark, what's going on, buddy? And it's already that intimate relationship yeah. that I have. Yeah, I've, I immediately have a level of, level of rapport with the patient. Yes. By get, just walking in. And obviously, everyone knows I take every run, but I don't sure you do. I drive, guys. I drive. I got a clipboard. Well, I have a computer. Clipboard hero. It's a it's a it's a very important job. It's extremely important. Some would say the most important. <laughs> what's better than what's reports more? wouldn't get done without me? Let's just say that <laughs> they totally <laughs> would do so much better without me. Um, but I walk in there. I already have a rapport with the patient now, and I'm sitting there. And then it, they look to you for answers. Like yeah. if you say. And if they look to you and you're like, they say, should I go? Like, if they don't know me, we always say, we, we really want you to go. You know, it's the best thing if you go by ambulance because we can monitor you. But if you know, if they know you and they're like, should I go? I'm like, dude, you're this age. You know, you're in your late 20s. You're having chest pain. I really think you should go. But you, I don't think you should be driving. Like, yeah. If something were to happen, God forbid something happens on your way to the hospital while you're driving and you hurt someone else. I think it's best to just eat the ambulance bill and go by and go with them. And yeah. then they're okay. Since I know him, he's not kind of trying to screw me over. And and that's another thing. I I wonder if, because obviously some people are worried about the bill Absolutely. aspect of it. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen some of the bills and it's not cheap. I try and do my best to just be like, dude, you're, you're, Life is so much more important than this thousand, two thousand dollar ambulance bill. Yeah. Like these companies will work with you on paying this down. They will work with you on payment plans. Like your life is exponentially more important than a freaking bill. And same with like going to the hospital and everything too. I'm like, yeah, I get it. the doctors charge out the ass, but like, I don't want you to die. I don't know you from anyone. Yeah. I don't want you to die. Like your human life is more valuable than, than a dollar. But some people like, um, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot and you talk about, uh, man, I'm so glad you look great on camera. Look at you. You look Bro. fantastic on camera. <laughs> What a bot. <laughs> but like you look at me, I look like a potato. How's it going, potato? My Star Wars shirt. Hey. <laughs> hey. But um Jordan Peterson talks about this. Um and he talk he says that with people who are very wealthy, they are so worried about virtue signaling, they're so worried about um 
protecting the planet because they have zero stresses. The only stress for them are 20, 30 years down the road. Is the planet still going to be here? Sure. For people who are at the bottom, their stress is not, is the planet going to be here in 40 yeah, years? Like, Where's my next meal? They say, how am I going to feed my kid today? Yeah. Where am I going to get my next <laughs> paycheck? Because Timmy hasn't had a birthday present this year. I don't have, I don't have any money. Right. Where, where, how can I do best for my kids right now? Like I'm struggling. Like there's pe- there's a lot of those types of people out there. They just don't have the resources. There's a lot of people. There's a ton. We go on a lot of runs of them. Yep. And they, some people just don't have the drive. Right. It is our clientele. I mean, it, and that's, but we can make those positive effects on people. We walk in there and if we notice something like, Hey man, like you down and out. Cause that's what our public servants. Yeah. I think a part of our job is like, Hey man, you, like we had one guy that was like, obviously he needed to clean his house and he was watching a ladder with Crowder. Um, it was on the TV and I don't never, I never walk in someone's house and they're watching ladder with Crowder. Right. It's a show that I watch too. And I walked in there. I'm like, at the end of the run, I'm like, at the end of the run, I was like, you watch ladder with Crowder. Obviously he goes, yeah, I love Steven Crowder. I was like, but you're not doing what he says. Clean your room. Like, he the place was trashed. It was it was it was almost disrespectful because it's like I watch the same show and you watch the same show. That's something we were late on. This guy pre- preaches to make sure your house is clean. Right. He preaches to live the right lifestyle, like live in, in God. Like you are a servant, and you're not doing this for your kids. Your kid, your son had a poop di- poopy diaper all night long and all morning, and it's thir- it's eleven o'clock. In the morning, yeah. still, and we were asking him, "Can you change his diaper before we leave?" It's like you should be on top of this. Well, and like the messy house thing, like I don't, I just don't. I mean, I'm not in someone else's shoes in that situation, but it's like it doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. Tidying things up is is free. But let's let's put the prep, preface on that. The preface is we understand. I understand that when you have kids, it is it, oh, it's shit gets so messy hard fast. to keep it clean quickly. I've been to my sister's house. She goes, I just cleaned the entire house this morning and it's a wreck. Yeah. And I was like, it's not a wreck, but you can tell kids have been right. here. Exactly. It's a, it's a clutter thing. It's, it's not a clutter a, thing. It's and not it's like toys all over the place. Mud all over the walls and stuff. Correct. Like that, you know? So I understand. I'm not saying that just because you have kids, you have to have a tidy home. What I'm saying is you can tell the difference between a clutter of where the kids have just come through like a tornado and made a mess versus you have not been cleaning. Yeah. And I know, and I, my sisters have kids. I talk with people that have kids. They clean four or five times a day. Right. I get it. And that's, that's a lot of work. I mean, unless you're physically incapable of doing it, I, I just don't see, I don't see how you can live like that. I don't know. Not in their shoes. I don't get, I mean, tough, tough line to, to toe there, but. It is a tough line to toe because they just don't have, so you gotta, fit, let's, let's try to, let's like put ourselves in their shoes. Almost. Let's put ourselves in their shoes, right? Sorry. First of all, like. Tell me to grow hair, right? Watch, watch the shine, dude. <laughs> watch the king. <laughs> and what he's talking about the shine is he's talking about my head because I have my head shaved. Mm, 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 mm. Uh. Dude, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this. That's what I said. I was like, why do you want me on here? I'm not interesting. <laughs> I'm not interesting. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's fun to do this kind of stuff, man. Just sit here and talk. I think yeah, people we need it. more conversations like this. And I do I do these kind of conversations all the time, and I'm like, dude, we need I need to, you should come on and talk. Like they're like, nah, I don't want to record myself. I hate well, whatever, man. You can thank Katie for this. You're welcome. She said, oh, she said you're welcome. She said, uh, just do it. 
No, quote, just fucking do it. Exactly. Be a man. <laughs> Be a man for once in your life. She does that a lot. What was truthfully. I saying? Truthfully. She just tells you to do stuff? Yeah. I'll be like, ah, on the fence and shit. And she's like, just do it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's cool that you got that. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a good woman. I love her a lot. Good mom. Good uh, good support. Explain the way you guys met. College. Uh, we were mutual friends. I came into college with a girlfriend, and my girlfriend was friends with her. Uh, me and my ex-girlfriend, that girlfriend that I came into college with, broke up. <laughs> no, I kept her around. <laughs> I kept her around. Uh, we broke up, and just because we were in the same friend group, we had continuously hung out. Um, and then started dating pretty lackluster, nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to leave it on you to see what else you'd say. <laughs> I did. I used to, God. I used to walk past her. Oh yeah. She, was, yeah, she was with, uh, with, uh, dude's a fucking nerd. Um, She's with this guy, and they they walk walk back to class together, and be like, "Oh, what's going on, guys? Hey, how are you?" She walked past. I'm like, "Dude," just keep on walking past. She said she was afraid of me, because I was like, "You gotta explain what you look like." Fucking Johnny cashed out, black on black, chain driven wallet, cowboy boots, had my hat. Never, never once would I be caught back in the day with a hat this flat. It was curled to like this, right? shades on the big like uh i think they're called like oil rigs the big oakleys oh that are gosh, like yes. this thick on the side black on black on black on black chain driven wallet band tees you know dude i had the gas cans they were similar to that gas cans that's what they were yeah. they weren't oil rigs they're gas cans but uh <laughs> she was like yeah i was afraid of you i was like yeah i was shaved head i had like a one guard i had like no hair Dude, you got awesome hair, by the way. I got lots of hair. You got a lot well, of hair. Well, no, it's kind of crazy today. I look like Kramer. <laughs> you do look like Jerry! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Dude, yeah, you got awesome hair. That story is mint. Yeah. Dude, just imagine. She tells you. it better. Yeah, she does tell it a lot better. Storyteller, but. She told me it last night, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, are you serious? And then you're telling me, I'm like, no excitement. No. <laughs> it doesn't hit the same. So there we were. It was 2000. Twelve. <laughs> well, you're sitting across from right? each other. Yep, thirty. Yeah, you're thirty. I'm thirty-two. I'm, I'm no, 30 I'm thirty as well. as well. I'm not thirty-two. Um, but yeah, so a lot of a lot of the stuff. What were we talking about earlier? Anything and everything. Yeah, we were talking about anything and everything. Like before the conversation about how Katie and I met. Yeah, what was that? I don't know, man. You do a lot of talking. Oh, you said put yourselves in their shoes. Put yourselves in their shoes. So let's go ahead and put ourselves in these people's shoes. Now, you have to look at statistically what makes somebody, what helps somebody become successful. What is a good indicator that someone will grow up and be successful? Having an internal want, having well, a drive but, to do but something. But I'm also talking about like you have a two-parent household. Oh, You have a yeah. mother oh, and absolutely. dad. So that's number one. They're married and it's a mother and father. That's number one thing that helps with, with a, a healthy child, relationship with a healthy relationship um and then you look at that now are there outliers of people who had either no parents or only one parent oh for sure yes there are yeah i know a couple of them because i've made that but comment to them they have that. that extreme internal drive to yes. to better their situation yes 
They um, they have an ab- above and beyond want in life. Correct. The, the part of that study that no one talks about. So they talk about the two parent household, a mother and a father. Um, then they looked at single mothers and the rate of children who become successful. And it's actually way worse. Really? And they looked at single fathers. This is a part of the study. Is it because the dads are like harder about. on them and more strict the, and have the study pertains to the father being more, uh, uh, disciplinary yeah. and having, a higher boundary or a higher, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm not really sure. What is it? Read my mind. But he's basically having like, here is what I expect of you. Yeah. And you will not, you will not fail. But with the mothers, they, the way they lead is more emotional. This is what the study was showing. The fact that the children became more became more successful underneath a single father versus a single mother. So with the two that. parent household, the two parent household, the single mother did not it could not perform as well as a two parent household, but the single father performed just as well as a two parent household. Interesting. That was in their studies. Now let's let's be the devil's advocate on this. Are there as many single fathers? raising children on their own as there is single mothers raising children. On their own. There's no way there's none. No, I can't say none. There's no way that they're even close. Right. So you have a smaller percentage to pull from, but with that smaller percentage, you can have an extreme high or an extreme low because it's a smaller percentage to pull from. Sure. Same thing with female truck drivers, female like semi truck drivers, their risk of crashing is so low because there's, there's so few a, of them. Not a large enough study to pull from. There are so many male truck drivers, they're going to be a higher percentage. Right. So there's that argument too. So that's on both ends. Now, I'm not saying that men are better on it, but I would say is that my I was more afraid of letting my dad down than I was my mom because he had these standards that I had to meet up to, and he was like, it was physical with him. Yeah. With my mom, it was, she's going to yell at me, say she's disappointed. Like now, now I'm more worried about my mom says I'm disappointed. You, I'm more worried about that than I am physically getting hit from my dad because, like, obviously I deserve. I'll beat that ass. <laughs> I'll beat that ass. What do I do? I'm a lot bigger than my dad now. I will say that, but I still would never challenge him. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, but dude, my dad's like 310 pounds. Yeah, and he's like five foot eight. Hmm. But like, he's just solid. Yeah, he's just a heavy dude all around. Yeah, just heavy. I, there was an audio book that I listened to. Uh, it's called Raising Men. I can't for, can't remember the name of the author. Um, former Navy SEAL. And basically he talks. You talked about this. Yeah, he talks about how, uh, how he brought like trainings and learnings from his military training into his home. And he's like, I think I raised some pretty damn good kids. So let's write a book about it. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest things that I took away from that entire book. It wasn't the greatest book. I will say, I'm sorry to Mr. Whoever that wrote the book, not the greatest book. Um, but there was one piece that I got out of it that I was like, not, it's not just about raising children. It's, it's bringing up the probie in the fire service or, you know, anyone, anyone who's new starting things out, this was huge for, and it was don't reward the accomplishment, reward the work put in, because that individual will realize what is necessary to achieve those things. So like what the example that he used, I think it was, uh, the kid was a wrestler or something like that. And he won this tournament and he was like, he wasn't congratulating him. He's like, didn't say like, good job winning. 
he was like, dude, you, you busted your ass to get here. Like, I'm proud of you for that. And so that kid is continuously like, I'm seeing my hard work pan out into higher levels of achievement. That's what I'm focusing on. You're not focusing on the win. You're focusing on the efforts put in. Um, but I mean, that's so, that's so translatable to all, all parts of life. Like you put in the work more than likely you're going to get the right outcome, at least the outcome that you want. Um, that was a huge takeaway for me. I liked that a lot. That's all. You told me a joke. <clears throat> I think it was you that told me a joke. An army ranger. Just definitely wasn't me. This was you. It was a uh, army ranger. What was the other ones? Dude, it wasn't me. I don't know. I don't know the joke because it was, wasn't me. <laughs> it was, Priest yeah. rabbi and <laughs> what are the special forces units called? Green beret, Green, seal. So let's let's use all of them. An army ranger, a navy seal, a green beret, and a marine recon guy go into a bar. This definitely wasn't me, dude. And the remaining. <laughs> Okay, I'll say it one more time. <laughs> I'll say it one more time. An Army Ranger, a Marine Recon guy, and a Green Beret, and a Navy SEAL walk into a bar, and the Navy SEAL writes a book about it. <laughs> I heard this joke somewhere. I don't know who said it. I butcher, like I said, I butcher things before I say them. You're not wrong, though. There's so many books written by SEALs that are. Seals. I, I don't know, like. You look at the you look at the spectrum of books written by military members and most being from SEALs. I, it makes me think like who are the ones that aren't writing books and they've got the story to tell. Oh, I'm sure. They've got the stories. I'm sure. The real ones. Like those guys there's reasons why they either don't write books or can't write books. So I don't know. I just don't know a ton. I know one Navy SEAL, I know a handful of Rangers and a marine recon guy and I don't know a ton of these people enough to where but remember that talk that we had about the Mandalay Bay shooting yes we could talk about that okay Mandalay Bay shooting Stephen Paddock Pollock or Paddock I think it was Paddock Paddock he obviously didn't do it for sure for sure did not do it so I forget what's, what's the uh, what's the what's the, the video the documentary called I'll look it up right watch now. this thing watch this video it is so good I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I work with someone who is. <clears throat> who? <clears throat> Me? Uh, I am okay. I am a slight. We started watching this one day on shift. And I don't know. Hold on a second. I don't know if I'm still a conspiracy theorist because most of them have come true. So does that make me a conspiracy theorist? Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm a future teller. <laughs> I'm a future teller. Uh, but we, we found this YouTube video. I can't remember how, we, how it started. Uh, but he was like, yeah, let's, let's watch this thing. So I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I'm, I'm in. This YouTube video, this documentary on the Mandalay Bay shooting is one of the most compelling conspiracy theory type, type of uh, documentaries that I've seen because there are so many undeniable facts caught on body cams, uh, not caught on security cameras because... You know, they're not going to release that footage. It was all of a sudden lost. Oh, imagine that. Yes. From every hotel in Vegas, they lost all their security tapes. Crazy. Uh, the fact that they had 911 calls. Yeah. 
the, and the fact that they had to uh, to, to sue the police departments and the the hotels to get information. And the thing is, is that to talk about suing somebody for information, it's it's not like because I've tried to do the benefit of the doubt for everything. If yeah. there's an ongoing investigation, you, you do not need. There's no reason for you to get any of the evidence that is what they're reviewing. No reason whatsoever. Let them conduct the investigation. The fact that it was shut so quickly, and this was years after it, and they're like, hey, we want that evidence. Yeah. Like, we want to review it ourselves. If it's a closed-cut case, yeah, 100%. Or just be like, hey, there's very violent things in here. We're, let us at least blur out the very violent sure. stuff. Sure. Like, Let's say it's a beheading video. We're going to blur this out because we don't think the public should see that. That's That's something that, you know, that's up to that person who posts it as well. Um, but when you're not releasing information because it will look bad on your department because you didn't do a good enough investigation because you're trying to cover up for somebody. Or how about old boy? Is he the sheriff or the chief? Sheriff, whatever. Is it he's sh now the mayor. Yeah, he's now the mayor of the city. Which, hmm, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, uh, let me let me say what this is called first. Okay. Um, what happened with the sweet life? All right. The video is called Route 91, Uncovering the Cover-Up. It's two hours, 16 minutes long, and 35 seconds. Worth it. You'll find it under Mindy Robinson, so M-I-N-D-Y space, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. If you're going to watch it, pull it up on a separate page and watch it on YouTube. Um, it's honestly is extremely it will do what's weird to me is that when you go to click on it you have oh, to yeah, I forgot about that. you might have to have an actual youtube uh email on it so i don't know if you'd have to pay to watch it like for a youtube subscription but you no, do is we, it not a, is you just have well, to click we on have it. a and a youtube account but okay. we were able to watch it at home yeah so if you have a G, my gmail account so it works yeah, so it, it gave like a disclaimer it was like are you sure you want to watch this? Are you sure you want to watch this? Yeah, I'll, I'll click one more right time. Now. Are okay. you sure you want to watch it? So here's here's what it says on it. The following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to some audiences. That's what it pops up with when you click on it. That's what pops up with. That's the video. It's still loading because I haven't clicked continue. As soon as I click continue, obviously it'll play. Great video. Yeah, I fantastic. Spending two hours and watching it. Very well put together. Um, a lot. They they break down. The thing is, is like two hours and sixteen minutes. That's a long time, like a long time. She went through half of it, and I'm like, what else is there to prove? What like what like what they else? They revisited details in between everything, and they were they like, went through all of the details. We exposed this. We exposed this. Yes. we had to sue people for this. And then the sheriff goes in a press conference. Goes, it's not my job to. I'm paraphrasing. It's not my job to uncover this investigation or whatever. He's like, it's my job to keep you calm. And I'm like, yes. What the fuck? That, so, that is not your job. <laughs> it is. It is bad. So when you watch it, put yourself in the shoes. I did everything I could watching this whole thing to poke holes through the entire thing. I played yes. devil's advocate. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. That, that makes too much sense. Nah, but what if I'm trying to poke holes through this whole thing? And once you get to the end, it is very difficult to deny, deny some of these, 
some of these facts that are brought up. It is. And with the 911 calls, people saying, I'm looking at the sh- a shooter right now at X hotel. I'm standing at that's this hotel. That's not the Mandalay Bay. That's, not that's the like Mandalay four Bay. hours later as well. Yes. Wow. After after Stephen Paddock had committed suicide, apparently, in his hotel after room. He was Clinton. After he was Clinton. He was killed. <laughs> He was killed 100%, but earlier in the day because, and the reason why she says he was killed earlier in the day is because somebody complained about a, a gunshot. Like someone several called in and said earlier. several hours earlier before the, the, uh, the shooting, the shooting ever happened. And they're like, Hey, I just heard a gunshot. I'm pretty sure it's the room above me. And they're hey, in this sorry. room. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I guess oh yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So there's, that, that's not even a spoiler. That's not a big spoiler. There's so many others. There's a big spoiler. The U.S. government didn't know. <laughs> but there's, they, call, there's a, they call it a black flag event. Is that like the conspiracy where the government sets up a, a big issue to happen to get like people to rally around, usually to get votes for something, to get like those black, fag, black, I black don't, flag I, campaigns? Or I don't know the name of those. But what I do know is that there is evidential proof that the United States government has had ideas to create their own terrorist attack to blame on another country to start a conflict. Hey, you think no one was going to watch this podcast? No one's definitely watching it now. YouTube's taking this shit down immediately. <laughs> I, they, well, I mean, they can take it down if they want, but this one is actually, it's been released by the U.S. government that, yeah, back in the 70s, well, it was uh, with John F. Kennedy. He denied the CIA. Um, they, the CIA came to him and said, hey, this is what we'd like to do to have a conflict with Cuba. We want to shoot down an American plane full of Americans. And that can start a conflict with Cuba and get the buy-in from the people. And he said, absolutely not. And I and I believe, if I'm getting the timelines correct, that he started shortly after into, he died. There was he made he made a comment about getting rid of the Federal Reserve, and uh, about a month or two later is when he was uh, killed. Hmm. Um, whether you believe it was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald that killed him or the United States government that killed him, that's up to each person. I'll let you think of that one on your own, but. Uh, <laughs> It's weird that that after 75 years that it happened, that the information was supposed to be released. Yeah, didn't it, it just was, get released? Like not it too was, it was denied. It was most of it was released last year. Most of it they withheld. I think seventeen thousand, some odd teen thousand of documents. I believe that were that were withheld, and then in January it was released. And from a video that I watched, it's uh, almost like it's pointing towards the CIA killed him. Is it That's what uh, it's pointing to? Was it really is the time frame that it was released? Is it past like some sort of statute of limitations or something? Is that why? Which is seventy five years. So was it past that point? It was past that point, but they had to sue to have them release it. I believe. Oh, I think also, but but look at like what these uh, the Schmaxine stuff. <laughs> I can't say the word. Yeah, I gotcha. There's a disclaimer at the bottom. Schmaxine was there's a there's a seventy five year release on the test data for it. Like all the studies that they did. Um, which were not as many as you would think that there would be for um, which people like look at a local level, what happens with politics and things. And yeah, it's a local level. It doesn't really affect many people, but times that by a thousand and that's your federal level. Yeah. Like we're in local, very local, local level government. And we know what happens. Like we know we have shit bags on our department. We know we have guys that are getting covered because they're just not good for show. 
And we know that happens. So imagine at a federal level with more money and with more uh, responsibilities, they're doing the same thing, right? right? There's over 300 members of Congress that were, or 300 members, over 300 members of Congress that were, that I've rather had uh, been to court for abuse, like physical abuse against you mean domestic we're not abuse. hiring the we're best hiring people the best. for the position? Drunk driving, uh, embezzlement charges, like all of this stuff. Like you go and look it up yourself. Like, oh, I know. There's a ton of this stuff happening, but they're still in charge because it just doesn't get reported. Right. Because it doesn't look good. Um, but you look at with the schmaxine and the studies that were being done while like the, uh, they were doing studies on people and it's not really, it's not releasable for another 75 years. Most of the people will be dead and they won't, so they won't care. But why is it 75 years that we have to wait to get these studies back of all of the, um, the test runs that you guys did on people? Why is it 75 years? Yeah, why know. is the why is the information that's not being released not if it's so perfect and so good release the information sure that's the question you have to ask and people won't care it's it's out of sight out of mind they don't care but people are like well I'm okay it's like well you're okay right now with cancer but is there a risk of cancer with the being a fireman yeah okay what can we do we I don't say don't be a fireman I say what can you do investigate you know wear proper PPE take a shower when you get back um Wash your gear, like wash the, like clean the inside of the truck when you're done, clean your tools like that. There's those things. That's all I'm saying. It's just like, look at the evidence, see what it says, and then try your best to uh, not put yourself in that situation. Sure. But Mandalay Bay shooting, there's so much stuff. The 911 calls, the people saying that there's a shooter at this hotel. I'm looking at them right now. Them finding shell casings yeah. up the strip. Like they were, it's like they were, it's like it started like in the helicopters. There's three helicopters. That were there, and it's on video. You see helicopters flying around. You hear helicopters flying around. Yep. You they have video aimed at the Mandalay Bay and a, another building, and then in between you see three Muzzle helicopters. Flash. But you see flashes coming from the helicopters, like muzzle flashes is what it looks like. It does appear that way. But you also like hear sounds that kind of time with it. Yeah, and then people were saying we're being shot at from helicopters, and. It's the trajectory. They go with the trajectory of the bullets versus the people that were shot, but also like underneath the stage. Like there was a lady before the shooting started, the lady come up. Now we've talked about this. Like that could be just any crazy. Yeah, she could have just been some Looney tune. Who knows? Some crazy person. is just like, who doesn't know anything who says you're all going to die tonight just because she's on drugs and crazy. It could happen. But the fact that it did happen, and then people who were standing at the front of the stage, when they were shot, it was straight in, straight out. Yep. Straight line, right in front of the stage. If he's up at an angle, even if you're looking this way, you'd have to look up perfectly, and it'd have to hit perfectly. But a bunch of, there was like 12 people that were shot like that. It's a pretty good documentary. Very informative. Very and she did a great job. Honestly, I would love more documentaries like that. Yeah. I would love that in depth. I've been looking for more like that, but it's just, it's hard to find. A lot of documentaries appear to be single sided, like whatever, yes. whatever you want to accomplish from the study is how that documentary is uh, presented. And it's like, yeah, I kind of like that one was a lot of just factual information. It was footage. It was audio, like and she never undeniable really stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely. It, I think at the very end, she gives a little bit of her opinion of what she might have thought but happened, but she didn't say a lot of it. She just said a part. I just it. liked how it wasn't 
it wasn't someone going, this is how we feel, blah, 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 blah. This is how things went down according to our research. It was the research. Yeah. It was video footage, audio, written document, this, that, and the other. It was the, the, all the plane trackers and the helicopter trackers, like the, uh, uh, flight tracker stuff. Yeah. Like real concrete evidence of stuff. The transponders being turned off on the helicopters as soon as the shoot, just before the shooting starts, their transponders on the helicopters turn off. And then after the shooting's done, they turn them back on. Yeah. It's, it's weird stuff. And then what's, what was creepiest to me was how people were saying that there was shooters in all these different spots. And you're hearing the phone, the 911 call saying there's somebody that just shot another person at this hotel. And then you hear another one. And then they're showing you on a map where that hotel is, yeah. where that person's calling from. And then they show you the next spot where the shooter shoots somebody again. And then it was well, like, then hey, all these there's two 911 calls right are timestamped as well. Yes. So all timestamped. like these, these different shootings that are happening are happening hours apart. Yes. Like quite some time apart. That it wouldn't be just like a delayed phone call. Like they ran away and then called, you know, I mean, it's hours apart from the actual shooting to these like side shootings and people brandishing weapons and things like that. Like hours apart. Well, there there was, there's people that called and said, Hey, there's somebody changing into army fatigues. Yeah. Like there's a part where they say somebody was in either they were in normal clothes and they changed into army fatigues or they came in in army fatigues and switched to normal clothes and they're walking away. Like they had a gun, they were just shooting. Um, there's also some scenes where like me and Jarrett talked about it. Like, I think you were, we we talked about it with you too, about where you hear like multiple gunshots going on at once. But then I brought up like, it could be echoes. The echo. Like, I was doing my best to poke holes in that, but like, yeah, that's so hard because it was two separate the timings sounds. were it, so off. It was off. Yeah, and I was trying my hardest to say eh, it could be an echo off of something, so it's a little bit later. But if it was like a three round shot, like you'd hear it would be a four round burst. Then you hear, yeah, it's like. Yeah, that one's really hard to say it was an echo. You but can't you can't echo a semi-automatic with an automatic <laughs> weapon. Like it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't. So like, it it was so hard to to poke a hole in a lot of the stuff. But I tried. I encourage whoever's listening to do it again. Yeah. It's called Route ninety one, uncovering the cover up. It's two hours and sixteen minutes, thirty five seconds long, I believe. And it's it is good. Yeah, it is really good. So good. Worth the two hours. It is, and it. I'm not saying. I mean, it definitely was not Stephen Paddock. It was definitely so. not him. Even the 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 body cam footage of the canine officer that went into his room. Yep. So called after he had died and committed suicide, which he I believe he was actually dead in the room. But the windows weren't busted. We're doing a lot of spoilers, by the way. The windows weren't busted. Yep. There was no There's shell. No casings. broken windows in a in a room that he was shooting out of. Correct. There was no shell casings in the room. That he was shooting out of. How? How does that happen? How? It doesn't. That's why. It doesn't. Because it was done by a group that has money, like in a black budget or something. Just saying. But there's just that. So, but I, I would love to have somebody who's like a big conspiracy theorist on that's like just knows a bunch of stuff. Like, like an Alex Jones type and just sit there and just listen to him go off. Because <laughs> like some of the stuff I'm like, that's crazy, dude. That's not happening. Like, 
like Alex Jones talked about, they're putting chemicals in the water. They're turning. They're putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. It's like they're that turning the frogs gay. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's insane. That's not happening. Then you look into it, and that's kind of true. And like, all of a sudden, there's gay frogs. It wasn't gay frogs. It was a chemical that was getting put in from a like from a well, like fluoride. Like from, it, it was something like that. It was getting put into the water, not on purpose. It was just like, I think it was more of a, like a disposal technique and it just was wrong. Yeah. And it was, which happens all making the time. frogs like their sex their It was turning frogs into like asexual types and they were trying to like have sex with each other. And it was hmm. like, yeah. But then you look into like some conspiracy theories of why that was happening and the reason why it was happening, I'm playing with my camera. Sometimes. The reason why it was happening is because, and this was actually one you can actually read about that the government did. They were trying to, there were certain chemicals they were trying to put in that were aerosolized that would be over attacks that would uh, was more of an aphrodisiac towards the enemy to where they would want to make love or have the feelings of, of love instead of fight. Um so yeah, there was that. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff. You look at what our government did. Our government had attack kitties, yeah. like <laughs> they, put, <laughs> they put bombs in cats. And oh tried my to god! Attack Hitler and <laughs> the one cat. It was like it was either okay. It was either a surveillance cat or it was a bomb cat. He's like, I don't know why you got this vest on, but come here, you're super cute. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm pretty sure it was a bomb kitty. And the cat got ran over by a car. Oh my so like, God. they invested like 75 grand in this. Like, I'm pretty sure it was either a bomb cat or a surveillance cat. Let me just type in surveillance kitties. Um, government. Well, then I don't, I think it was one of the world wars where they dropped uh, like XL condoms around what? and said like, yeah. And like had custom labels made saying that they were like small. So that way the enemy was like, <laughs> oh my God. These American soldiers have huge dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm nervous to fight them. You said World War One. It was one of the World Wars. Yeah, they're like dropping these XL condoms everywhere, being like, "Oh yeah, these are these are tiny. These are the tiny condoms." <laughs> <laughs> Just playing mind games with people, man. I mean, I guess whatever works, whatever tactic it takes. <laughs> okay, here's what it was. When the CIA learned cats make bad spies, this was. <laughs> What a title. <laughs> what a title. It's from the History Channel, okay? This is just a quick one that I pulled up. If I had more time and prepped on this, I could have more, <laughs> like, like so, different sources. But this is from the History Channel. The most famous kitty spy in history, probably the white Persian of James Bond flicks, the image of a faceless villain stroking the cat in the early 1960 films, blah, 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 blah. Operation Acoustic Kitty was a secret plan to turn cats into portable spying devices. <laughs> However... The CIA only ever produced one acoustic kitty because it abandoned the project after a test with this cat went horribly wrong. So they abandoned it. So they put a, a it was a cyborg cat. Technically it was a real cat. Um, a surgeon implanted a microphone in its ear and a radio transmitter at the base of its skull. Um, the surgeon also wove an antenna through the cat's fur writes a uh, scientist, science journalist, Emily Anthes. Um, the first official test, the CIA, the CIA staffers drove acoustic kitty to the park and tasked it with capturing the conversation between two men sitting on a bench. Instead, the cat wandered into the street where it was probably promptly squashed by a taxi. 
not the outcome they were expecting. <laughs> Definitely not. So that was a real thing that our government did. So, like, you got to imagine. Yeah. Like, put it on the kitty cat. Yeah. And there's stuff, like, with birds. There's stuff with, like, rats they've tried. Like, you got to look at what they've done in the past. Uh, what time do you have to get out of here? Uh, my appointment's at 1. Okay. So we got a little bit more time. Tack house. Yeah. A little bit more time. Um, but you just got to look at what they've done in the past and be like, what else have they done that they're just not talking about because it's so embarrassing? Right. Like there's a there's a project that they were doing. It was like uh, like an exoskeleton kind of thing. Like, you know, like the movie, uh, like an astroskeletal, sorry, astrodimensional stuff. So like um, you look at like Doctor Strange, you have the astro form, the astro body and stuff like that. Okay. There's stuff. I've never seen Doctor Strange. you never seen Doctor Strange? Never have. Yeah, it's a decent movie. Yeah. But there's stuff where the U.S. government, and it's they've come out with it too, where they would do like astro projection or at least work on it to where they can try to spy into some super secret base to see if somebody can perform like almost a magic type art to be able to get into it. Like they've they've tried that. And like you look at the uh, – like there's so many things to look into. Like I just look up conspiracy theories and then I just kind of just research research a little bit of it. Just be like, eh, whatever. Like probably probably nothing. But there's some that really get my interest. Right. That I'll just read about for a while and I'll try to find a documentary on it or a good documentary on it. And there's not always a ton. But then I'm, when you hear about this kind of stuff and then you see the government coming out with some things like this is what we're doing. It's like, well, what did it take to get to that point? Sure. Like, that's what how I'm many did, how many failed experiments were there? How, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so definitely check out Route 91, Uncovering the Cover-Up. It's a great Absolutely. it's a great documentary. It definitely gets you thinking. They get them gears turning up there. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about, dude? Whatever you want, man. Dude. Um, what is something that you've always been worried about with your job? Like in the back of your mind. Obviously not coming home. That's kind of a worrisome thing. That's it? um i mean nothing really crazy i mean obviously that's an extreme worry but it's not like it weighs heavy on me constantly you know it's always a possibility but uh i mean nothing in particular obviously you, you constantly play devil's advocate with yourself on like especially like me being a medic and a lot of times, like having control of a medical scene is a little nerve wracking. Um, and then you play back afterwards, you're like, oh, I could have done this, I should have done that, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with fires, you know, I wish I would have done that. You know, Monday morning quarterback sort of thing. Uh, but no, I mean, there's nothing really that weighs heavy. I mean, there's always the what ifs, but. Who's been your biggest influence in the fire service? <coughs> Oof. Uh, my idols are still developing. That's for sure. Uh, I will say just kind of what we were talking about yesterday with that, uh, run that we, oh yeah, you weren't there. That run that we went on, uh, where this dude was, was with it, but altered. If that makes any sense at all, he was walking, talking, making sense when he talked, but he had no idea where he was. He had no idea what was happening. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, a medic crew wanted to 
get a signature release on him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. Like he is not okay to be left alone, let alone with his possibly intoxicated housemates, whoever they were. Um, I'm like, I, I'm not good with this. And, uh, it meant so much having Captain Harrell at my back on that because there's been several times prior where it's like, well, they said we got to do this. We just got to follow suit. And it's like, okay, well, now I don't, my hands are tied. My officer is saying we got to do it. And having Cap be like, listen, my medic said he's not comfortable doing this. If you're comfortable with it, that's on you. We're leaving. That was huge to me. That was absolutely huge seeing that he would have my back at such, and that's a, that's a very simple and small, um, like situation that had happened. Like if he's willing to have my back at something so small, he's willing to have my back at something big, you know, uh, meant a lot. That definitely meant a lot. Um, Clayton Gerard at Butt Creek Township. He was my EMT instructor and also had a big role in my, uh, paramedic class. Are you related to him? No, spelled differently. No way. Yep. Spelled differently. Um, How's it spelled? I think it's G-E. Ooh. Or G-A. I don't know. Clayton, if you're watching this, don't don't kill me. I don't know how to spell your name. I'm going to kill that guy. Kill it's C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. Ooh, Clayton. <laughs> Clayton. <laughs> uh, no, he, he was the uh, instructor on my EMT and had a, a huge part in my paramedic program. I did both through Community East. Um, he was a part-time employee there. Um, through the uh, EMS education. And he was also the one that helped me get my foot in the door over there as a volunteer. Um, he's He's been a great resource to have for questions that I've got for, you know, I got a goofy EKG or, um, you know, patients didn't respond to certain medications that I thought they would. Like, I give him a call, talk it through. And he's like, and he's, he's, he's a good medic in the sense of like, he's a, he's a student to medicine, like constantly learning about different medications and how it works. And obviously he's an instructor as well. So you kind of have to be up on things. Um, there's definitely times where he takes it too far and I'm like, dude, I needed a surface level answer. I do not need to know (laughs) what the 1975 textbook from Gray's Anatomy says or whatever, you know, but, uh, he's been a, a big help with my professional career from, from that standpoint. Like I said, he definitely helped to get my foot in the door into the fire service, getting involved in the, the volunteer program at, uh, at Buck Creek Township. And, um, there's definitely been a lot of people that I've learned from good and bad things that I want to achieve from, from some of those people and things that I know that I, I shouldn't be doing, um, learning from other people's mistakes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that, that list of heroes is definitely still developing. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It should always be a development in the fire service with who you were looking up to. Because there's always good it's always good to have a role model. Yeah. It's really good to have a you role have model. To. You, you have to. If you don't have one in the fire service, then in life. Or, or in life yeah. too. And that's just somebody and obviously everyone, you know, the, the cheesy answer is Jesus. Like yeah. the answer is always Jesus. Like Obviously, like he has a lot of great things. Like the best leadership book I've ever read so far is the part of the Bible. Like yeah. it's it's sure. the best leadership book. It's every every book written written about leadership. You look back and it was already written about in the Bible. Like sure. everything. So, um, 
but other than that, having somebody you can like bounce ideas off of back here around the firehouse or even at home to ask them how they did things is, is, is imperative to your career. If you want it to be a good, solid, long career, you get a guy who's got a lot of experience on and he can sit there and teach you about firefighting. You can learn different ideas and how operations go. Don't stay within. Like, don't have an incestual relationship with your department. And that happens to a lot. Yeah. And I think that's my personal opinion is what's happened <clears throat> with our department is there's always been an incestual relationship happening. It's always everything's within. We always do the same thing. It's like huh, our uh, our family tree is straight up. Uh, that's why it's a pine with no limbs. That's why doing outside trainings is so important yeah. because you are learning so many different perspectives on how to do this job. You know, in the grand scheme of things, the corny, like put the wet stuff on the hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the goal. Protect human life. That's the goal how to accomplish those goals there's so many ways to do it there's no right way there's no there's definitely wrong ways oh well, yeah, <laughs> but there's no right way you know what i'm saying like there's not one way to make this happen there's so many ways to do it and and doing these outside trainings you're learning those different perspectives from people that have been doing this in wildly different scenarios than than what we in um that what we are in uh a guy that I, I love listening to and uh, he's kind of taught me multiple things in the fire service, but also just as a, as a human being, he's a very humble individual, Kyle Ramagus. Um, he is out of Texas, very rural area. Um, it's a county department, so it's a very rural area. I think he said 85% of his <clears throat> district is unhydrated. Um and he's got these far setbacks, a lot of like mobile home trailers. Um, he calls them like lawn art. So a bunch of stuff in the yard. Uh-huh. Um, so he's not doing high rise jobs, you know, he's good at long stretches. He's good at fighting fires from on residential single story. I mean, I'm, he's got commercials in his area too. He doesn't really go, uh, at least the stuff that I've watched and listened to, he doesn't really go deep, deep into Didn't commercial. Did you go and listen to him talk? I did. Uh, I went to Blue Ash, Ohio. Um, watched a seminar with him and uh, it's called uh, Cruel Intentions and I highly recommend the class. The dude dude is, he also brings up a good point. So it's not all coming from him. He is very good about that. He's very humble in the sense of the very first slide of his presentation is a massive, like I had to put my glasses on to be able to see the amount of people that have had an impact on his career. So he's like, <clears throat> I give all these people credit, basically. He starts off with that. And he said something to the, to the effect of like, if you've been doing this job after like the 60s or 50s, like nothing of what you're teaching is new information. Like give credit where credit's due and improve upon it, right? Um, I, I think that's huge. Like he's he's turning information that's already been said into updated i guess um ways of teaching um there's definitely more attractive ways to teach yeah yeah um yeah it was a it was a very good class man i mean it taught you you know estimating stretches it taught you i mean there's a bunch of stuff i can i i've got i've got notebooks of podcasts and i sit down after like probably a couple of times a week i'll sit down after uh Katie and Evelyn have gone to bed and I'm like watching podcasts, listening to podcasts. I'm taking notes. 
Um, but in, in that, I've got a couple podcasts with him that I've got notes on. And then, uh, that cruel intentions class that I went to, uh, and he was also a, uh, instructor at the Oath Keepers conference that I, uh, went to last, uh, October, I believe. Um, he's just a very intelligent dude. I've, I've really liked watching his stuff. And then also the fact that he gives credit where credit's due has pointed me in so many directions of people to, to read on and follow. Um, I'm learning more now than I ever have. That's one thing that I do appreciate about other people is when they're, when they're telling you like, Hey, this is who I listen to to get this information. Yeah. Cause then that's another source you can use. Absolutely. Like, for one, not only does it make them look more, it, it sets them up in a, in a successful way saying, this isn't all me. This person helped to get this answer. Yeah. So it makes them look better, but also it helps that other person out. Like, uh, like for, like I watch dating videos. Sure. So if you're single, you're a guy or a girl and you're single listening to this, most of my audience is men. Most of them, um, like 90% of my audience is men. I got the time on it. It's 1230. Yeah. Um, a really good, uh, two YouTube channels that I follow. One is coach Melanie. She's great. She's a Christian dating coach and I watch a ton of her videos. And then the other one is Courtney Ryan. And Courtney Ryan is. I've seen, yeah, I've seen fine. some of her stuff. That you showed She's me. fine. Hey, I'll, I'll play some of the stuff to show you guys because she'll have pe- she'll have other g- single girls come on and then she'll be like, um, you know, what is your you know dream? What does your dream home life look like? And then the girl will be like, ah, oh, Ferrari, and I want a yeah. our home. And it's like, what's your dream salary for your husband to have? A million dollars. It's like, okay, now what's your realistic? Now, now come to reality. Yeah, what's your realistic? <laughs> I'll be fine with three hundred k. It's like, whoa. Okay, then she goes, what percentage of men do you think make three hundred k? They're like, mm, probably like, I don't know, fifteen percent. They're like, yeah, less than one right. percent. Less like, than one percent, yeah, bud. Less than one percent. Two hundred and fifty. But anyway, so. But giving credit to other people and also pointing guys in the other directions because I'm always wondering, like, where else can I watch good content? Sure. Like, I think if you're gonna if you want dating advice, uh, you listen to a woman about dating advice. If you're a single guy, you listen to a woman about dating advice because she is a woman. She has lived that. She's got the perspective you want. She's got the perspective that you want. Now, if you want, if you're asking me what firefighters what I would listen to about the fire service. I don't listen to anybody online because it's hard for me to listen to. It's hard for me to sit there and listen to other firefighters talk about firefighting because I like talking about a wide array of things and I don't like talking about one specific thing. Yeah. So like my attention on it, like I, I can't sit there and I struggle so hard listening to people from the East coast. Cause your accents, the, the accents, <laughs> I just can't do it. Like it, it, I try and it's listening to them. I just, it's so hard for me to just, take them seriously yeah so i laugh the whole time it's like <laughs> you sound like an idiot <laughs> it's not an idiot it's just it's just the, it sounds so different to me and i hear like when i hear them talk it sounds like a five-year-old talking to me it's like <laughs> it's wood or like i'm sitting there my nephew has had a speech impediment and that's how he would talk and yeah I'm like, it's just people with a bunch of people with speech impediments that's all i hear no offense to anybody out there it's just me personally but somebody from the nor- like northern part of the country probably won't listen to me because they think I'll, I sound like a hillbilly. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to, like, That's right. I moved, I moved to Indy. Yeah. So union mills is like 45 minutes outside of Chicago in Northern Indiana, just South of like Michigan city in between LaPorte and Valparaiso. So like fairly North 
and kind of Northwest. Um, but I moved down here and people were like, oh, you have a Chicago accent. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So you had that accent. Chicago, Chicago with the dogs. And I'm like. It's like Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. I, but they have like distinguished accents. And I'm like. I just sound like a freaking redneck. I like I don't. Decent. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't when have I a Chicago to, accent. When I went to DC, like there was people there like, "Oh, you're from the country." I'm like, no, I, you should hear some people that I'm friends with. Right, they sound like they are from the country, and they sound worse than me. And they're like, "No, you sound like you're a southern guy." I'm like from Indiana. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a cornfield around my I'm neighborhood. From middle Indiana, dude. I'm not from the Indiana. south. I'm not from the south. Like, there's a cornfield around my neighborhood. That's as far as it gets for country for me. Like, when my uh, I had I was uh, my ex in laws, they were like, "Oh, you live out in the country. Like, we have to drive past cornfields to get to your house." I'm like, "I'm in a neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> this is a neighborhood. It's, Be very it's clear. A <laughs> it's a it's a subdivision. It's a suburb. It's a suburb. It's a suburb. <laughs> Suburbia. That movie is good, by the way. Suburbia." Um, with, uh, 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 what's his name? Just do it. Shia LaBeouf. No, I have not seen it. That's how I, that's how I process that stuff. That's Just funny. do it. <laughs> well, Shia LaBeouf. Who's that guy? <laughs> but, um, I struggle with listening to people with other pod, like other firefighting podcasts. Cause it's always just, it's the same thing. It's like, you don't like how narrowed it, narrow the conversation like, is. I don't, and that's where I struggle. That's why I like listening to podcasts that are bop, 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 just everything, yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once. Like the movie. That's that's what <laughs> the Asian movie, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I enjoy because it's like um, then they're real people, the real people to me having a conversation about something that they do. Now I just think it's a difference on are you wanting entertainment or are you wanting to learn something? Like that's when when I watch those deep yeah. dive podcasts or videos or whatever, it's like I'm I'm trying to learn. Yeah. from something and it's like I can't learn if you're just touching on a bunch of different things yeah. I want you, I want that deep dive um, but if I'm looking just for entertainment and something to pass my time and yeah. if I learn something along the way great like cool let's let's talk about everything you know there's there's always gonna be something that you can pull from from each episode like obviously with this our so viewers are gonna be learning so much from this one no <laughs> not at all no but there's with this episode I think there's a lot of topics that we've touched on that they can learn a little bit of everything. But like, if I dive into like, I'd have for me to dive into strictly one topic, that's for one, that's prep work that we didn't, you know, sit down and prep. Now, if we want to do another episode, which I would like to do another one, we could sit and we can prep and we can talk about, we could have like three subjects and we can say, cause how I'll, how I'll prep for a podcast is like whatever that person's specialty is. I just study that for, Right. Usually about six to eight hours worth of studying, which is like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. It's a lot of content about, to I, try and digest for a Yeah, like it's something, but it's like, don't feel bad for me at all. Yeah. I put this on myself. Um, you know, yeah, like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that I enjoy. So like when I had that vet tech lady on, uh, Catherine, when I had her on, I, I listened to podcasts of other vet tech. <laughs> and then like I put on just YouTube videos of veterinary technicians and what yeah. they do and there was stuff on there that like I still missed out on that I didn't know or I forgot about that she brought up. But you got to you got to come prepared a little bit. Yeah, like I have to do some preparation. Like yeah. the reason why I enjoyed this episode and Grant's episode like, a lot, I had to prep. Yeah. Like I have I've had to do zero prepping and I'm just you, you know when you're asking me what are we going to talk about? Pff, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Like we talked about Mardi Gras, we talked about conspiracy theories, we talked about some firefighting stuff, talked about paramedicine, we talked about uh, how cool my family is. How cool your family is. 
Gerard. 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 Have you, uh, are you French at all? No. No? I, I don't think. Dude, how cool would it be if you were French? I, I guess it would be cool. I don't know. Have man. you seen I'm the, Greek. Uh, I don't, I don't, Greek? Yeah. Opa. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dude, that's insane. Yep. Yeah. How's that crazy? Why is that crazy? I don't know. You know what would be a really fun episode? Obviously, we can't do it because of our positions, like doing drugs and then just sitting there talking. You talking <laughs> just get fucking trashed on drugs. <laughs> that would be fun. I would, obviously, I'm, I'm not done drugs, but like, I've seen other episodes where people were like doing shrooms and then they sit there and just talk and then all of a sudden things just go south. Yeah. Like, or north, wherever. I mean, I it got imagine. a lot of views. Yeah. It got a lot of views. It did really well, so it did really well for them. Yeah. But like... Those are always so interesting, my opinion. Yeah. But um, what would be something that that your goals are in the fire service to do? Like, are you just wanting to kind of keep a low profile, just go on to get by, or do you, or do you wanting to make? Do you have a feeling that you want to make a change? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have like kind of redeveloped a passion with this. I mean, granted, I've not been in it for very long. Um, this is, I'm in my fourth year total in the fire service. Um, so I've not been doing this for forever. Right. But I have completely developed a new passion after going to that Oath Keepers conference. So thank you to Harshi, Hamilton and Craney for that extra ticket invite, because that was the best thing that could have happened in my career. Um, it sparked just this new drive to just learn like a new passion for this stuff. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> what was your question? Oh, so, <laughs> so you were doing so well, dude, <laughs> I was getting motivated. I was about to be like, Let's here we are, brother. <laughs> um, no. So uh, it, it just taught me to, to, spark this new passion to learn and get better. And if I can relay that information to other people and help grow them and just share the knowledge that I have grown. And like I said, there's no right way to do it. So take what I take bits and pieces from what I tell you. Cool. Whatever. Um, I don't mind that whole lead from the back mentality. I think, I think the future would involve uh, an officer's position for me. Um, I don't know when that would be. I don't feel like I'm anywhere near ready. Um, like at my old apartment, we were just so short staffed that I'd be in the seat several times and I was just extremely uncomfortable. Um, never had to do any major incidents or anything like that, but that was always in the back of my mind of like, if something goes down. I don't feel prepared to take the reins on this situation. Um, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> let you know now you will make mistakes. Oh, for sure. Because I, I know that all the time. I've been riding out for like nine years. Yeah. And I still make mistakes. Absolutely. I'm I'm prepared for that. Yeah. I don't want to make a mistake that's going to hurt or kill somebody. That's true. No one, no one wants <laughs> to. I don't want that mistake. I don't want that mistake. You know, if I'm an officer at a neighboring department that tells my crew to take all the windows at a fire, <clears throat> uh, you know, that, that that's a mistake. Yeah. You just... We don't need to do that. We just don't need to be doing stuff we like that. We don't need to be doing stuff like that. That's JV. <laughs> That's JV work. That's JV work, dude. We need, we need varsity, varsity work. work. 
Be totally. smart. Well, that comes down to, you know, a communication and training and sharing ideas with them and asking, why do you do that? You know, that's just, that's just something we don't do. You know, the science shows on that. Just don't do it. Yeah. I mean, for one, I mean, easy arguments on that is, you know, flow path, controlling flow path. That's an easy argument on that one. But let's dive in a little it bit more. It had all the flow path. It had all of it. <laughs> if it wanted to go back up again, it would. There's no, there was no need or reason to. Right. And also, like, I, I didn't really sit and think about it until I had Candy Ashby on, you know, teaching. She was teaching uh, investigations classes. She's like, why do we do so much overhaul? Why do we tear everything down to the studs? You are, for one, inhibiting the investigation. Yeah. Now, that investigator has an extremely hard job to try to reimagine this fire of how it happened. That's why half our investigations end up with, you know, mice with matches, you know? Yeah. Because we've done so much overhaul and trash the entire place. Cause we want to break stuff and go boom. Like, and trust me, it is fun. Oh yeah. It is. So I love breaking fun. stuff. I love like going up and be like family picture. Bah! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a cute family. Hi, Granny. <laughs> no, but it's it's none of that. But it's just like, it's fun to be like, oh, this wall's this wall's like covered in soot. Needs to come down. Yep. Like, oh, man, there's a little bit of fire damage here. Guess what's happening? Whole wall's coming down. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Like, it's so much fun to do I that. need to count all the studs. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see them for myself. Is this true timber? But it's like, how many nails they got in that rafter? Let's check. <laughs> ceiling <laughs> but it's fun and it's cool looking dirty and it's cool it, but it it if it doesn't need to come down then don't bring it down yeah. like it's not going to spontaneously combust back up if there's spots where it's like okay we need to we need to peel this back to check behind it yeah and you make one hole you poke your i mean if you can make the hole big enough you just look up there and what is that oh it's my wrist um you look up my wrist was like vibrating first you don't know where your wrist is <laughs> What is this? <laughs> that if we did a did a podcast of just on drugs, it'd be like, what is hand? Hand. <laughs> why is it hand? Why why is why it hand? Grabber, opener, closer, uh, twister, <laughs> poker. Multi-tool. <laughs> it's a multi-tool. It's the Swiss Army knife of tools. It's a Swiss Army knife of the human body. <laughs> but like if Um, but if, if we see just a little bit of like impingement on it, like we're tearing the entire ceiling down. Absolutely. Like it's unnecessary. Like give me a good argument of why that happens. And you're cre just creating more work and more damage done to the place. Yes. The company's going to come through whatever remodeling company's going to come through and tear a lot of that stuff out. Yeah. But that's what their job is. Right. It's not our job. Like right now you're, you're putting guys in at risk of further injury by, overhauling the entire place. I just want to know a good reason of doing it. You know, yeah. no, no judgment here. Just good reason of doing it. Um, bud, it's getting close to your time. Yep, your I got to go. You got to get moving. Uh, I I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll do I this really again. appreciated it. And I'm glad that uh, I, I know you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, cool, man. I was nervous coming into it. I didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about, but we ended up fulfilling several hours. Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half hours of this. So uh, if you've made it to the very end of this video, thank you. Or actually this podcast. Let me say, let me say. So what you want to say something? Oh, okay. Let's hear it. We'll end up on you. If you've liked this video, uh, <laughs> go ahead and smash that like button. Subscribe. <laughs>
You got to use the right terms. Yeah. That's how you get. That's how you get more followers. That's how you get the young. Smash them. Smash, smash the like button. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I appreciate it, buddy.